and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. Hello, lads. It's uh, it's it's been a long time. It feels like since we recorded, based on based on the way we work. To be honest, these days, like it was like early early Friday last time I spoke to you on a, on a podcast, JP. That's basically a lifetime in a. In our life now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, last week's we were obviously recording on a Tuesday here because it's uh, it's coming after the uh, the long bank holiday. But yeah, it's been a it's been a good long weekend off, I'd say. Yeah, it has been. It's been nice and relaxing. Although I just decided to edit a video because I'm just. I, is anyone an Easter person? If you're not religious at all, it's just like it's. <laughs> For me, it's just like, look, can we just cut to the football, please? Like, mm. is there good sport on that weekend? Is primarily what I'm going for. Normally, that it kind of clashes with mania. Mm. So, uh, yeah, did that really, and uh, a bit of walking and everything else, and then started watching Chernobyl with my kids, which was, um, yeah, they, I told them it wasn't a comedy. We'd gone from the American <laughs> office to that, which is probably a bit of a leap, but mm. uh, good stuff. Did, didn't somebody from that die this week? I'm sure, like one of the actors died. Yep. Mm. Paul Ritter, who was also in Friday Night Dinner. Mm. Um, oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. I think that's his name. Yeah, mm. yeah. And he's also like the kind of like he's one of the like, who is a villain in Chernobyl? Nuclear Power is the villain. Um, <laughs> but like he's he's definitely on the kind of like bad side. But yeah, and I've never watched Friday Night Dinner, but I know people who who really love it and everything else. So mm. yeah, seen a lot of um, a lot of condolences for him today. Mm. What have you been up to, Gareth? How was your bank holiday? Yeah, pretty much did fuck all as well, really. It was just quite chilled out for a change, just not having anything to do. So it was, uh, I didn't mm. really watch any, didn't watch much wrestling either, to, to be honest. It was just a bit of a uh, bit of a good uh, football manager weekend for me, uh, this mm. one. Um, it was uh, quite good, but the... Uh, Gone back the lads, to glory uh, days. La- absolutely, just sat there all day with that laptop on. Laptop there watching the uh, watching the Premier League, but it was the uh, it was Alex's um, footy started up again this weekend, so that was that was good. Obviously, they could do all that again. So um, yeah, up on Sunday morning, taking him to get his uh, season going again because they were like top of the league and mm. worried about whether or not the season's going to finish and are they going to get <laughs> you know are they going to win the league or not. But uh, it was a good uh, good start to a uh, good start to the uh, rebooted season with a nice eight one win there. So. <laughs> joyous, joyous scenes all around as the uh, as the league uh, league title came inches closer as well at the uh, good old under tens level. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> yeah. the world's truly opening up and again once uh, now that that started up again. Um, but yeah, I, I I spent a bit of the weekend like in in parks and stuff like just. Just because it was nice to be able to go outside. Well, actually, it does, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> no, I was doing very innocent things. Just you know, met, people. Yeah, just watching. <laughs> I met some of my mates on Friday. Went to my mum's yesterday. Made the mistake of wearing shorts both times because it was bright outside. Therefore, you just assume it's like it, it must be nice now. It's still fucking Baltic. Um, but I had a good time. You know, it was just nice to be to like you say, bit of bit of the bit of the normal world back again. Then I'm sure, yeah, you felt being uh, being out there on the pitch again, Gareth. It was just uh, just fucking nice to like get away from the dark and the cold uh, that we've had like these last few months you were, you were in a park in shorts yesterday uh friday <laughs> that was friday all oh, right i was, was going to say fuck i was going to say fucking hell it was baltic yesterday it was like, cold one, yeah. we had we had like sarah's sarah's family around because um, mm. they were just doing a bit of like easter scran and a few drinks and then the everton game was on so they were all like watching the match around here and 
like the whole idea was obviously like, yeah, great. You know, it's the, it's changed. It's spring. We'll be able to just like sit in the back garden and have a few beers in the garden. I couldn't even open the fucking back door. It was like cold. It was bloody snowing today. I'm like, yeah, I don't know yeah. what the fuck's happened? Mate, it was trying to snow here today. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Mm. It's just like, and I was going to go on a big cycle and I went out for about, fuck this. Like, this isn't fun. Mm. I just decided to come back. It was like bollocks to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Like, we, well, they say that because that Sunday was like that as well. I was, that's when I was at my mum's in the garden and we ended up just going inside, which you, you're not really supposed to do. But I'm in a bubble with my mum and her and my stepdad. But it just forced my mum to, uh, she started getting like the old photo albums out and stuff. So that became my uh, my Sunday oh. afternoon instead. You'll have uh, probably seen on Twitter the picture she uh, pulled out of me in my bedroom when I was 12 in 1996, sat there with a, w, with a copy of WC. W magazine with DDP and Kimberly on the on the front, and the wall was plastered with Shawn Michaels, Diesel, um, <laughs> some NBA posters for some reason. I think I maybe was in for that for like into that for like three weeks at some point. Um, but like it was good to it was good to see I've uh, I've grown as a person in the uh, twenty four years. <laughs> more po- more posters on your wall now. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of which probably yeah, takes back moved to what past I was Michaels, haven't you? As well. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, we're not we're not friends anymore. And he's moved past you, mate, by the fucking looks of him, isn't he? <laughs> but Kevin Nash hasn't blocked me yet, JP. So I'll take that, mate. That'd be a sad day mm. if Big Sexy um, blocks you. I'd be crushed if he did anything like that. Because mm. cool. even though he's kind of guilty of a lot of things that I really dislike others for. Mm. <laughs> like you just take it on face value but it's like look he's funny at the same time i mean let's just let it go <laughs> yeah. oh kevin <laughs> he definitely saw some things again yeah you didn't have a heart attack did you uh-uh. <laughs> well, we were talking about I like didn't want to go to work we're talking about him on the um we did the uh, the post podcast day on Saturday, and we were talking WCW in Europe. That'll be on oh, yeah. the BWE feed as a podcast later this week. But Kevin Nash is one of my big memories of that 2000 WCW house show, where like on TV he was working this angle where he was in a wheelchair, and then he just came out of the Manchester show just just walking like it was normal, like it didn't matter. Yeah, that's TV. Doesn't matter. These these <laughs> ho- these fucking sixteen thousand people at this house show they don't deserve me to protect any kind of kayfabe. That's just how Kevin Nash rolled. It's just how he was, JP. Brilliant. It's a great man. He's honestly, he's he needs to come back to wrestling. Mm. That's what he does. It's, but it's then he wants to I was gone full circle, wasn't he? Because he was someone you hated, mm. like in the whatever you know. He was a, he was a, he was a hate figure in in wrestling in the mm. whatever early two thousands or something like that for the for the exact same reasons that we're like lauding him as great. it's been great now. But like because we're old now, with, we get it. Yeah, yeah. With, with, with an old mature view on things, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well played, Kev. There You're go. the fucking best. Why work work harder? Why work harder when you can work smarter? Like, makes sense, doesn't it, When he first came out, though, when he when he first came out at WCW, he just seemed like the coolest man in the world. Mm. And especially after that rumble with the raised fist, mm. it was just like, ah, oh, okay. I, and little things like the sit-up when the match against Bret Hart, when he yells fuck at the end, the end of the match, it's just like, yeah, this is... Like, all of these things, like, to a teenage boy, mm. as we always, like... He, he did come across as cool and he did come across as funny. Mm. You know, it's late nineties humor as well, but I'd, I'd recommend if you're a, if you're ever a, a, a kind of a not feeling great, just put on a Kevin Nash shooting of you. Mm. I guarantee you've got like at least an hour and a half of just pure laughter as yeah. he quizzically goes, look, I know he didn't like me. I didn't fucking mind him, but you know, 
someone had to go over and I'm the big guy. And he's just <laughs> like, and you just go, yeah, of course. That's just mm. booking what I want, Kev. You need to tap Matty Edwards up. He's probably got a 24-disc Kevin Nash collection or something <laughs> like that. It takes, us, it takes us right through that we can sit and do. The Kevin oh, Nash mixtape. Oh, God, no. Oh, that would be. <laughs> we could do it. God, could do it. Kevin Nash mixtape. Maybe that's what oh, we should I'm do like... for the next mixtape. Do that. Like, just put, like, four wrestlers up and see who people choose. Like, Kevin Nash, Jeff Jarrett, Shane McMahon, somebody else, and just be like, yeah, we have to pick the best and worst of them through the years. Well, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be looking at Jeff's career at some point in quite a lot of detail, mm. um, possibly like over the summer, to find that four star Jeff Jarrett match, mm. which which is some things feels like a mythical unicorn, doesn't mm. it? In many ways, <laughs> <laughs> has he ever worked to that level? <laughs> That's where you are, isn't it? Yeah, and the like... connections he has, six mm. degrees of Jefferation, it's mental. Mm. He's just connected to everyone at some point. You're about to fucking Ricky Dozan and fucking Hackenschmidt about three steps with him. <laughs> Mental. He is a legend, Jeff. Yeah, that's definitely definitely Patreon content that needs to come out is the, uh, the Nash stuff. Like I saw um, somebody posted a clip of WrestleMania 12. I think it's one of Nash. It's the second to last big match in WWE, the only Undertaker. And it's at a WrestleMania. He comes out, he just mouths to the camera, I'm the shit! And then just gets in the ring. It's like, this is child-friendly WWF 1996, but he's Kevin Nash, he can get away with it. Yeah, zero fucks given. given. Mm, definitely. God bless you, big big daddy cool. <laughs> Defo. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say, before we get into our stuff, I was going to say, I had a great time doing that uh, that BWA on Saturday. Did, did you imagine to see the le- manage to see the legend that is Gary Michael Capessa that we yes. did on Saturday? What a fucking I, bloke. <laughs> I thought it was tremendous. Mm. So um, I managed to hear it like it might have been like the first, first, I thought something had gone wrong with your internet, to be honest with you, initially. Because mm. I didn't see you and I saw Martin and I saw Gary and I was like, where is he? <laughs> like, he's looking down. Mm. And then, uh, and then it turns out he was in a library because um, <laughs> yeah. his Wi-Fi had gone down. But he made the booking, ever professional the pro. mate. Yeah, and so he's whispering these stories to you about mm. the um, about like the foley stuff with the ear. Yeah. Just great. It's amazing. It's great fucking like, value. There was literally a point. In, I don't know if you've seen it, Gareth, but there's literally a point. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, no. There's a point in the interview where, like, again. Being the pro, like we found me and Martin found out 25 minutes before we went live. He messaged Martin going, Oh, yeah, my home internet's gone down, but I'm on the way to the library. And we were like, Oh, fuck. Like, because also, this is like, a, you know, he's just he's near 70. Like, he's like, he's an old man. It's like, Is he going to be able to work Zoom for one? But now he's now we're adding a public library to the mix as well. And you know what? Nope. He showed up in the Zoom chat. He was on time. He was, he sat there sitting, he sat through the first, the last 20 minutes of Up Next. What a pro. Can't, can't imagine Up Next or our stuff would be, uh, would be up his, up his street, but he was still there. And then, yeah, we went live and yeah, literally during the interview, like, because his, again, he's in a public library, he'd taken his mask off and the librarian came over to tell him off for taking his mask off. And yeah, I was like, I told him off for being too loud as well. It was something like, you, you can't be doing that here, sir. And he was just like, oh, sorry, sorry. And then he, but then he went right back to it, didn't he, JP? Put his mask on, started telling us more stories about, yep, ears coming off and yeah, other bloody fights between Arn Anderson and Sid over a pair of scissors in a 
in England, all of that stuff, like he was quite happy to tell. So I'm sure there were some shell shock people in that local library, but uh, it made the interview, it made it so much better. Because I was worried we were going to, you know, fit it in with us having the hour and then like do our stuff afterwards as well. But it, I, we probably could have let him go an hour. It was that entertaining. And just like, he's one of them people where you just, you ask him a question and he's just going to go off and tell you like the best, craziest story he possibly can. He was like the man, just unbelievable. Oh, he was, he was great. When he was talking about, like, the stuff in Blackburn and the rest of it, and <laughs> I'm right thinking he just heard, like, it all kicking off, like, from his room, didn't he? And then mm. and then came down to find them there. Mm. Good old uh, good old Sid. Um, <laughs> how the fuck did he get away with that? Sorry, oh. just to ask. Well, we asked him about that because Sid got sacked but on kept his job, which, you know, politics, isn't it? But, like, the fact that the police never got involved, the fact that it happened in this country is nuts. Like, it happened in some fucking Travelodge or whatever hotel it was in, um, and nobody rang the police at any point. It's like, it's fucking crazy. Because that's one of them stories you constantly hear about, isn't it? Isn't it? Like, it's one of those famous oh. ones of wrestling history. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it mm. is. And it's, um, yeah, just when it happened as well. It's just mm. like Sid couldn't stay anywhere for longer than a fucking year, could he? Yeah, That true. was max. And then he'd do something to fucking balls it up in the end and go somewhere else. Mm. I'm sure one of his longest runs is like the tail end of WCW where it's just like, fuck it, we'll put you on top again, big man. Yeah, there was no one left. Put you against Jeff. There he is again. (laughs) (laughs) Until he breaks his leg in the most horrific way possible. Yeah, Yeah, that was bad. Have you got a but big... You mentioned blood-stained walls, by the way. I just wanted to mention, like, I remember that happening on uh, when I did a student trip to Berlin in the hostel we were in. Mm. And uh, there were, like, blood smeared on the fucking walls. One like, group of fellas just in a room drinking vodka, and it all just teed off. Fuck. And there's lots of, like, these other students, and they're like, should we go and have a look? It's like, hey, fucking, you, you lot aren't getting involved in it. You just stay in your fucking rooms. You have <laughs> no say in this matter. Are you going to go and see? find out? Fuck no. You stay in, you lock the door, you let these lads sort it out, and we don't worry about it. That's like the German police deal with this. Fuck. Maybe that's anyway. Maybe that's what the people did in the in the hotel when it was going at it. Just like, you know, know what? Let's just leave this. Uh, Let's just let them stay stay fucking quiet. Jesus Christ. (laughs) You know, you see Sid Vicious there with a fucking pair of scissors. You're closing your door and waiting for it all to blow over, aren't you, really? There's no fucking banging on your door. Imagine if you're a Blackburn policeman. In like your mid forties, <laughs> and you're called to the scene of that hotel, yeah. Right? And you turn up, and you see Sid, and he may or may not be wearing a top, and he's got a fucking he's this American bloke with a fucking perm like that, and you <laughs> see that, and you're more gonna relate in how you look to the Arn Anson character, and I'm stereotyping as well, but like, yeah, yeah this is not. You're more likely to just get on the fucking plane and just. Arn Anderson away. could be a northern Nothing dad. He'd fit in. Yeah. We're about, on the pre-show, we we're talking about the royal family. I can imagine Arn Anderson playing Jim Royal. You know, sat there in a in a vest and a, and a pair of jeans. You know, it's uh, he's got that look. <laughs> Working in the local bookies or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd have like one of the little Cash blue bookie pens, like uh, over, <laughs> yeah. over his ear. And you say work, and he'd be one of the he'd be one of the punters. He'd just have like a little newspaper with him, and he'd be like a professional better. Like that's what he'd be there with, you, like yeah, yeah. like some my granddaughter than uh, those types. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably scanning the racing post. Yeah, but and, and and like in wrestling, JP, even though he's, he's probably like thirty at the time of this, he, he probably looks about sixty-five. Like that's just that's on Anderson. That's why he's like a northern dad, you know. 
<laughs> it's in some like, ways, it feels like he was born at the same age, and he's more or less stayed the same age throughout this last kind of 40 years, isn't mm. it? So sort of a Benjamin, it's kind of a weird Benjamin Button where he's just come out looking like a kind of 50-year-old man, and that's kind of where he's been, and it's just degrees of bigness at this point. It, it's like when we were talking on the uh, the Patreon show on oh, Thursday. Oh, when we get on, <laughs> we were talking about um, hot hot. <laughs> so that, that's got me. <laughs> Good shot from Chris Lenny. Arn Ogden might well be the title of this podcast now. <laughs> but <laughs> someone else referred to as the Jack Duckworth of AEW. Uh, um, Arn Anderson's like a proper dad type. I know when you were saying on Thursday, Gareth, when we were um, when you were chasing a chasing a mouse around your house while we were trying while we were doing that Patreon show, and you were like, you almost, it's like a type of situation where you know you in your forties, you're like, oh, we need to get my dad to do this. Need to get an actual like a grown up to come and sort this out. But like, where are the grown ups now? Where are the Arn Andersons? But like, you look far younger than he ever did. Oh, it's it is it's it's one of those like when that was happening it's literally that first split second of like oh it's all right my dad'll sort this out oh fuck no I'm dad <laughs> like, you're dad now like, I'm, just, yeah. I'm responsible for this like, like you know did, so did you catch the mouse in the end because mm. it's behind the cooker yeah well um, it it made another appearance but good vegetarian that I am I put down some poison and I haven't seen it since so um, so I'm guessing that. Um, Yes, animal loving me. Um, that appears to have got rid of it anyway, unless it, uh, unless it makes an appearance tonight. You never know. It seems to like uh, like, like doing a little running. Or yeah. it's mutated in something bigger and stronger. Like <laughs> Teenage yes. Mutant Ninja Turtle, possibly. Yes. You never know, Liverpool, mate. It's bad for that. <laughs> yeah. Just see, see a big banger on the wall or something like that. <laughs> if you just suddenly see me fucking leg it. <laughs> that would be, be me doing my best dad thing, is just like legging it. <laughs> Leave them to it. Yeah. That was it. Well, bad thing. It's, it, it's um, Farmageddon, isn't it? Did you ever go to Farmageddon? No, it's, I know um, of it, though. So it's like a bit, there's like a farm close to here it's out in the sticks and like at halloween they, they, they change it into like a big like horror park basically there's all like all the farm stuff all gets like done out dead well and they've got all like you know actors and things as like horror characters and stuff like that it's it's like quite like it's really well done it's like a proper good experience at halloween and you're out there in the middle of the fucking sticks and in, in the middle of nowhere and we uh we done that and we like went through it all and then you're, you're at the end and you're walking through and then there's a long grass and then you just suddenly like heard heard the fucking like chainsaw go and then you look and there's like some texas cha- there's like some leather face yeah. character kind of like leg legging it through the long grass well i just fucking bolted kind of thing and then like and then you had that kind of like five second thing of why am I running sort of thing and then stop and like Sarah's just like yeah yeah right I, I know then in crisis situations like this I'm dead and you're running for the fucking hills I was like Whoa. I'll be honest and this is no slight on you whatsoever but if I was in a fight and I had to pick, pick between you or Sarah to be there to save my life I would pick Sarah uh, and anyone who tunes into the happy hour will know why I've said that it's no slight on you I I would suggest you guys watch the film Force Majeure, which deals with oh, that yeah. same kind of proposition. Totally. Yeah. Avalanche is coming and they think this guy is going to dive and save like his wife and kids. It doesn't. <laughs> like, and they get out of it. And it's just, let's just say it raises an uncomfortable kind of spectre. <laughs> there in you go. Relationship. Yeah. Oh, I'll watch that at the weekend. Get the family family round. <laughs> nice escape. Uh, Arn Anderson never would, though. You know, Arn Anderson would be right there in the front defending his family. 
defending Vera Duckworth. Um, good old lad. <laughs> as uh, as Bugley said in the chat, time time waits for no man. Whoever said that, he wouldn't have liked those McDonald boys either, would he? He never would have liked them with Arn. I'm sorry. <laughs> had fucking time for them, especially Steve. Oh, he's oh, and and he seemed to leave when he was like in his early 20s. <laughs> I think he'd fit uh, Emmerdale a bit better. I feel like Emmerdale's the Iron Show, do you not think? I could say, but weirdly enough, he's got the kind of face that if you basically put a flat cap on him, mm. you could put him in Emmerdale, you could put him in the Rovers' return, or you Make could him put him in the market in EastEnders, just working in the background. <laughs> That's you don't have to actually hear his voice. He would just blend in to any of those shows. Like that other big bloke who worked on the market in EastEnders never said anything. This is mm. where you need Joe, really, for that that kind of moment. Yeah. Um, but like, it, it's, it's, yeah, like, I honestly think Arn could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could see him in a pair of overalls in the garage. It could, it could be yeah. Phil's dad. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. And that links it oh, to, uh, it, it links it very much to our Patreon as well, there, doesn't it? With, with <laughs> Phil Mitchell. <laughs> that was my initial plan, you know. He's on most of people's podcasts. Uh, Do you listen to a Phil Mitchell podcast? No. The worst is when, like, about Steve McFadden. <laughs> I do listen, like, this might sound egotistical, but I, I'm sure we all do it. I, I do listen to our stuff back, and there's times where I like I Chromecast it to like the telly downstairs while I'm doing some work, and like I just think if somebody walked past my window right now and there's just a big picture <laughs> of me on my massive fucking telly, and it's just Phil Mitchell. Like, I, my plan originally was to change that once a month, but I feel like it's got to stay forever now. I was like, we could have yeah. a poll, like different people's heads that we could put in there, like Arn Anderson. For example, could be the one next month, but I think it's become part of the uh, the patron's personality now. I quite Can like the look- idea of him getting more and more dishevelled. It changes, mm. and <laughs> Phil gets more and more. You know, it's like <laughs> as it all catches catches up on us, or you or you do some sort of face merge with him and Arn to mm. see what you ultimately create between the two. Well, someone said, which there, it just if, appears if, to be putting a full beard on Phil Mitchell. <laughs> well, as Sean said, if Phil Mitchell and Jim Royal had a son, Arn Anderson, there you go. <laughs> it works. Yeah, um, they're, they're Minnesota love child. <laughs> Arn, and Arn Anderson. <laughs> oh, there's money Never has a nickname been less suited to a professional wrestler. As the, <laughs> the Minnesota love He should have come out to that. Oh, we yeah. started teaming up with Ali. Yeah. Mm. Early 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Proper stuff. Uh, but yeah, we mentioned the uh, the Patreon a little bit there, actually. And yeah, probably take the opportunity, JP, to uh, let the people know what mm. we've uh, we've been up to. You've been a, you're a busy boy putting that video together. Incredible work. If people haven't seen it already, do check it out. It's uh, a great uh, rundown of what we're we're going to be doing this WrestleMania week, which we'll uh, mm. we'll get into in a minute. But uh, yeah, as well as uh, being busy with that, JP, you were uh, you and all of us have been uh, been quite busy. Uh, last week as well with uh, with more um, more Patreon content for, for the people at this uh, start of this new fresh April month. Yes, we did. We had uh, another grapple. We had our WrestleMania grapple mixtape mm. um, under the somewhat misleading title of Hidden Gems. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you call it it's a matches people really don't talk about all that much, kind of, with yeah. it, uh, given what WrestleMania is kind of like. It's, it's hard to hide a gem stuff. on a WrestleMania, isn't it? <laughs> It is, yeah. It's it's just like it's kind of not happening. If it's happening on the pre-show, we kind of fucking know about it. Mm. Um, but no, we did that, even though we were absolutely riddled with technical issues throughout mm. the entire thing. And mice. But, yep, and mice. Um, <laughs> um, but God bless Matty Edwards, beautiful bearded face appearing <laughs> on screen, managed to carry us through that 
as well. Um, yes, we've had that. We've we've obviously been doing our daily updates, and we did our weekend preview show as well, mm-hmm. which leads us nicely into what I'm labelling um, as an executive decision: Grapple Mania Week. Oh, it's a great um, name. It works. Do you like that? Do you like it's it's my own idea completely. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. Um, logo very yeah, original and, as well. And it's good it's logo. Mental. <laughs> it is. Of which Grapple Mania Week starts tonight. It does. It does. And yeah, obviously this is this is kind of the kickoff. Um, as we'll uh, today be going there through some things we've watched from the last week or so. But yeah, starts proper uh, tomorrow. We're doing our. Uh, what is our normal um, weekend preview slash news show? As we've joked about, we're having to do it on a Wednesday because of the fucking state of WrestleMania week this week. But that's going to be the kickoff, and that's going to be for anyone listening to this as the uh, the podcast version. Um, that is going to be live and free for all um, to check out on our, on the uh, the Grapple YouTube, which is youtube.com slash c slash Grapple, or just search Grapple on YouTube. You'll be able to check that out tomorrow night um, or tonight um, at a time you'll probably be be hearing this. And yeah, we'll be running down what is essentially a week's worth of wrestling uh plenty to talk about and yeah the other the other thing about that is yeah we'll be doing daily updates uh thursday friday saturday sunday um as jp's uh, video has highlighted there that we're going to be doing uh, recaps of of what we've seen the night before um you know i think it'll be a good good mix of stuff this year uh it's gonna be hard to uh, to pick mm. out speaking of hidden gems this fucking wrestlemania week uh hidden gems uh don't think even even covers it but we're gonna find the uh, the hidden best and hidden matches yeah it's gonna be a match pin <laughs> I think, but we'll uh, we'll find the best and worst of it to it uh, to talk about, and obviously keep everybody uh, up to date with. And there are actually uh, some some decent looking uh, cards in between there. And then as well, Saturday, Sunday night, we'll have uh, live watch alongs of uh, the two WrestleMania nights. It was good to see some of our patrons uh, talk about how uh, how last year. I think maybe it helped us and them get through that horrific mm. two day WrestleMania. Um, so that's happening again as well. And then Monday live uh, for for the nine pound uh, subscribers. So the Res is dead subscribers we'll be doing a full recap um of the week so you know you're not going to miss anything um where we where we talk about everything and our highlights and lowlights of the week and that'll of course be available free for everybody on tuesday morning but plenty there for uh for patrons to uh to get t- uh, tucked into um lots of audio probably too but as much audio as there is wrestling um this this weekend it's uh it's a lot but we uh we do hope people uh join us uh for the ride and uh obviously gareth there's uh some ways that uh, people can uh if you're not fancy enjoying the patreon or you know it's just uh it's it's not something you got time for or, or can afford there are other ways people can uh, support grapple over this busy busy next week's period yeah, well, obviously, one of the things like outside of the WWE stuff that's going on is obviously the collective stuff with GCW, you know, running obviously the, you know, the shows like the Bloodsport 6 for the culture, Spring Break, um, you know, the Big Gay Brunch, all those different shows going on there. So there's like 12 shows over four days there. Um, we're partnering with Fight again on that one. So we've got a competition running um, so you can win a free pass to the bundle, which is like worth $139.99. Um, and just so you can get that for free, all you need to do is just go onto the Grapple app uh, Twitter feed and there's a the pinned tweet there if you just retweet that and then uh, give us a follow and give uh, Fight TV and GCW a follow there. You can enter into the prize draw for that. So we'll be looking to give that away on Wednesday so, or, so you get all 12 shows for for free if you're the winner of that if not um you can visit grappleapp.com forward slash support 
And what we've got there is just some affiliate links through Fight as well for every single show. So if you're uh, if you're one of the people who's wanting to watch all 12 shows, you can buy the bundle there or you can buy the each individual show um, as and when you want to watch it, like pick and choose. But it's got the, the links to all of those there. So if you, instead of going direct to Fight, if you go to grappleapp.com forward slash support and buy it through there, it won't cost you a penny more. It's um, all just taking you through to the same page. But all that means is we just get a little kickback from Fight as well for for every sale that goes through that channel so if you uh if you are intending on buying any of these shows yet yeah, just uh just visit the grapple website and uh use that please because uh yeah we'd, we'd, uh, we'd, we'd love to see those uh kickbacks especially like i say it's not not costing you a penny more to do it it's maybe one extra click for you so uh one click worth it i think definitely it could be you folks just remember that <laughs> much better odds of winning than the national lottery obviously <laughs> Are we are we send are we send are we not send them on a, a trip to America again, Gareth? After the uh, the last competition that went so well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was, was going to say. Um, still, I'm say it's still, foolhardy to fly. People still, to still paying off JP's uh, last prize. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you are flying them out there again, aren't you? And you've got two days of WrestleMania tickets, but you've kept that quiet, haven't you? Just, yeah, was, what, did, what did you tell them? It was business class as well and things, you know. <laughs> I, I just said, rock Free up booze, all the day. booze you can drink. <laughs> I, just, I just said, rock up on the day, it'd be good. Just treat, treat it like you're, you're Kevin in Home Alone 2. And you, you've, you've checked into the hotel. I'm not going to mention go. that fucker's name. <laughs> Definitely. And um, yeah, you'll be able to, uh, like I say, support Grapple that way. Support us on the Patreon if you if you like to. Like I say, plenty of content coming this week, as well as maybe some little bonus things uh, coming up as well for people on the other higher tiers. And yeah, you know, as as ever, um, and as Gareth has said, download the Grapple app and uh, and get your ratings in this weekend. It'll help us, won't it, JP, decide which, which of the, uh, the turgid-looking G-shows we actually need to pay attention to. Um, I think it'll be a, very much a, a Grapple cherry-picking session. Yeah, I'm. I'm. When I started to look into this, and just like the kind of little bit of preparation, looking at the weekend show, I was like, "Oh fuck, what <laughs> I really let myself in for here." Yeah, because there's stuff on there where I'm just like, I cannot see me watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a fair whack of meme wrestling in there, mm-hmm. isn't there? And companies who all sound like each other, but just they're not the same companies. Two GCWs apparently. Them. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. all they're arguing with each other. Yeah. There's a lot of that. <laughs> oh. Is that Brett Lauderdale doing some sort of weird angle? No, is it that that's a No, just, there's another company just called GCW. And they they always piggyback on the WrestleMania weekends and make things awkward for everyone. It's American <laughs> indie pop mate, if you think the Brit right. Indies are bad, look at those American right. Indies this weekend, honestly. That's that's McDowell's and coming to America is what that is. <laughs> that is that's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Good thing about some of these shows is that um um oh, sorry you broke up then. Yeah, good thing about some of these shows is though because they're having to like start so early in America because there's so there's different stuff on here. I was like looking at and the show's starting at like four o'clock in the UK and like mm-hmm. nine o'clock in the UK and stuff. So it'll it'll be something that you can at least kind of throw on in the background and just yeah. have on. It's not like we're gonna be sat there at four AM watching endless death matches or <laughs> something you know speak for yourself like that, so. 
Well, I was going to say, some of us, some of us won't be. My plan is to just have like one telly in my house, my projector room. I'm just going to have that on constantly with the stream going. And like, if I happen to be doing other things, I happen to be doing other things, but it'll just be happening in that room. And when I want to get a bit of WrestleMania, I'll walk in that room. And every now and then I'll flip between IWTV and GCW and I'll just see whatever the fuck's on. Um, That and Grapple. That's going to be my guy for this weekend. So, yeah, looking forward. I am genuinely looking forward to it. It is always a fun time. Uh, as much as, uh, you know, it gets a bit maddening, JP, it's always always fun to do, mm. isn't it, to, to record those podcasts and uh, and laugh at how insane we get by the uh, the end of the, uh, <laughs> the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 it's, it's all part what of it. What I like to think of as the, the Orange Cassidy turn. Yes. Where, like, night one, it's just like, I saw Orange Cassidy. It was quite funny, wasn't it? And then when you've seen that same match... Like eight times in a row, you go, I, I, I can't be dealing with this. I'm going fucking mental. It's like <laughs> eight times in three days, mm-hmm. and I can't pop for the hands in the pocket spot. So I'm wondering who's going to fulfill that role this year you go. on all of these cards. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many people are going to be there in live in attendance? That's going to be intriguing. That's a big question too. Yeah, yeah, because mm. these shows on oh, don't seem to be doing well. Some some worse than others, and uh, yeah, the company seem somewhat surprised by that, which is a, a bit of a shock to me. But yeah, like I say, uh, we got lots of that to uh, to get into. We'll, we'll cover it all in uh, in full detail on the uh, the big weekend preview uh, coming up tomorrow. Like I say, we'll be uh, free on YouTube for all. Looking at a, at a nine nine o'clock start uh, also for that. Keep an eye on our, our social media for news on that. And, yeah, like I say, download the Grapple app and uh, get your ratings in all weekend. And yeah, while you're on there, you can if you scroll through and you see the, the people on the front page as well, you'll see this smarmy prick. Looks like he really likes beans on toast. Um look just likes like the, the type of person who's just gonna say something smarmy to you. That's me. You can follow me, follow my ratings and follow uh, <laughs> our friends ratings. So, shout out to Voices of Wrestling for the uh, the flagship this week. Uh, I think they were being nice. I think it was meant with love, I think. Um <laughs> anyway. the king of the king of the harsh markers, you are, mate. Oh. Apparently, apparently it's my fault that uh, that, that the Brits are harsh markers on God bless. Uh, any stats behind that Gareth by the way any stats that the Brits are, the Brits are worse no. for, uh, for grapple ratings no no and as well I was like listening to that and uh, as well I was obviously like pissing myself at you getting absolutely <laughs> destroyed by yeah. Lanza I was, I, was, I was like it was it was gold I was like come on keep going I was good when he like came to an end I was like come on surely you can rip Benno a bit more yeah, like, but, um, but, uh, but then it it was like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's all those Brits. It's it's ma- it's mainly Brits, and I was like, no, it's eighty percent Americans on the app. And I was like, oh, there like, you go. So uh, I thought, oh, but I won't come back. I don't want to. Don't want to be gotten to. Take that, Lanza. <laughs> See, <laughs> you full of shit. Uh, it's the did... Americans who are being harsh. <laughs> I know. I know. Indeed. Again, yeah. I think it was with love, but I do like beans. On... What's wrong with beans on toast, everyone? I feel like beans on toast is a good Nothing meal. Nothing wrong with you know? it, mate. <laughs> It's oh. look, it's it's get out of jail free, isn't it? Mm. That that kind of a meal. It's like I look at this as jacket potato, cheese, and beans. It requires zero fucking effort from you. Mm. Like really very little. If you can't be asked to do that, then yeah, you have got a an issue with lethargy. Um <laughs> yeah, it's and it gets you out of jail. Like especially when you have young kids and you're mm. just like, fuck it, I need to make something to eat now. That will do. Mm. And you can just get away with that type of stuff. Not as a main meal. Not when they're fucking 16 anyway, you can't. Um, but like, yeah, that's... Yeah, slagging off beans on toast, nothing wrong with that. And you can get a bit experimental. You can put cheese on I like, it. But... I like this, by the way. Like, gra- they're giving well, me like grief. Garrett's line in the stand was that they were they were technically wrong about the grapple stats and JP's line in the stand is beans on toast. Appreciate the out-users. Yeah. Got me back here uh, tonight, lads. <laughs> Joe yeah. will be fighting me, Corner. 
<laughs> well, yeah. L- looking on here, like, and I think Don sums it up best in the chat. Beans on toast over Subway. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Take that, America. You know where you stand with beans on toast, don't you? You know what beans taste like. You know what toast tastes like. Like, if you're surprised by the outcome, then like you, it's you with the issue. What, what are your thoughts? What, what are your thoughts on a bit of brown sauce on your beans on yeah, toast? Yeah, someone in the chat mentioned Worcestershire sauce here. I'd go brown. I wouldn't go red because that's just more of the same. Worcestershire sauce oh, is no, a good I shelf, though. Do. I don't. I don't tend to do it, but uh, that sounds appealing. That's um, a cheese on toast thing, though. Worcestershire mm, sauce. Is yeah, well, I, I cheese on toast earlier on today. So, like, <laughs> I, I had some Worcester sauce on it as well. So, yeah, I can't do that with beans. I could do, you know, brown sauce. Yeah, it's just not, in some ways, like, when I use brown sauce, it's kind of in quite, like, it's quite specific things mm. and times, like primarily fried breakfast. Like, like a, if I'm doing a fry-up, which I haven't done one in a long, long time. Mm. Which is why I look like I've di- I've been dying over this last year. My face <laughs> you look very well, thoughts. mate. You do. You look fantastic. Um, no, wait, Sean mentioned in the chat as well. Yeah, you, you told can... me I look like Ma- Matthew McConaughey in Ballas- Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> earlier. No, mate, I said Magic Mike. Um, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> Sean's mentioned in the chat. Throw, spend the extra cash, yeah, and get a sausage with your beans on toast. That is the real slap up meal of uh, of kings, especially Not the especially those veggie with, ones, with Gareth. Hey, you can go in Sainsbury's, you know, good veggie sausage and beans. I'm sure, you've done that. No, what tins of veggie sausage and beans? Yeah, yeah, you got it in Sainsbury's. Oh, they do them. Yeah, pop down, mate. Get yeah. yourself sorted. Uh, I, I was never when I, when I wasn't a vegetarian. I was never a fan of the sausage and beans. I always thought the beans tasted a bit different to the uh, oh, to a normal tin of beans. Slightly slightly off. I don't know. Mm. Stick to normal beans and, and, and a proper sausage if you're a, if you're a meat eater. Yeah. None of that fucking pig's, pig's eyes formed into those little cylinders. <laughs> That's it. I remember them as a kid. Mm. And, um, and they were they felt fucking rank. Then they felt wrong eating mm. them. It's mm. like nah, this is. Something not right here, but obviously I'll eat it because I'll eat anything. And it's the uh, very early nineties how we rolled. <laughs> I don't know why we got into the subject again. It's like last week when we were talking. Like Gareth made that great analogy about uh, oh, the shit mix that Ring of Honor is uh, being the, uh, the the nuggets you've got in the fridge with the beans and stuff. It's becoming a, a regular subject. But uh, as Wheeler said, what we will forgive the Americans for, yeah, British baked beans are quite different to uh, to American baked beans. Mm. I assume it doesn't come with the tomato sauce. It doesn't doesn't quite translate. Um, and yeah, I can't see uh, the Americans being a fan of our, our classic. Uh, big breakfasts in a tin and uh, and those types of meals as well um, it's very much a, a British delicacy God knows uh, what they make of a pot noodle <laughs> God help them uh, fuck it up um, but anyway we should probably get on to more serious business um, New Japan there you go New Japan oh by the way if you want more of that yeah yeah we spent 40 minutes doing that before the show even recorded as well so you know um, but anywho enough of the plugs New Japan yeah let's get on to uh, to serious business and yeah there is serious business afoot to talk about uh, um, what a week for fucking New Japan it has been this last week lads uh we managed last Monday to again record the podcast where like it was right before a load of news broke. It was before the Andrade interview came out and it was before the fucking nightmare of a stru- structure piece of shit that that new New Japan title looks like. The Divas title mixed with, I don't know, the, the classic New Japan title or whatever it is. That's how, that's how New Japan's week started. Um, and then it ended with 
allegedly uh, a big show uh, and a big title change in uh, Sakura Genesis on on Sunday that felt like it couldn't have had less buzz you know we talked about it on the weekend preview didn't we JP on Friday and it was tough to tough to get excited about these New Japan shows the fact the fact mm. it was Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP title and like I say a big title change uh, coming out of the weekend but I'll be honest the old all the talk I'm seeing, apart from you know the obvious um, discourse around Will Ospreay, um, you can very much expect, is also just a general feeling. It feels like that is Bushy Road dead. Like, is it is it the Brit Res of 2021? It's it's certainly feeling like it. I have never felt like such a negativity towards New Japan these last few years. Like this is this feels like the darkest moment for a number of reasons. Um, but like even you know the great Alan Farrell, you know, we're hoping to uh, to chat to at some point this week. Like Alan went on PW Torch yesterday and did their roundtable and eviscerated New Japan. Must listen stuff if you're a Torch subscriber or even if you're not. Um, check that out because if if Alan's if Alan if it gets Alan wound up, then that tells you <laughs> where we are with with New Japan in 2021. And yeah, I feel like today, lads, we we should. If this was a year ago, I think we'd 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 be doing a very different podcast about that match that happened on Sunday. But instead, it just feels like yeah, there's a cloud of negativity surrounding New Japan right now, and yeah, it doesn't feel like particularly uh, anything's uh, worth celebrating now, uh, on this Tuesday morning. What a difference a year makes! Mm. It, it, it it's quite astounding when you mm. think about it about just how little buzz this had. And I think my big point like almost when watching this match, it's just my overall lack of enthusiasm for it. Mm. I'm quite shocked in my own apathy Same. towards it. When did you get around to watching? Because um, I didn't even get up to watch the show. Like I, I just slept through it. <laughs> I just, no, no, and I didn't I, care. I didn't I, even consider setting an alarm or getting up early or whatever. And it wasn't even on that late early. Sorry. It was quite a late start. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I, I watched a bit of it live at the time. And then I stopped watching it and I watched it in the early afternoon and then I saw the result and I went, I don't really want to go near social media for a bit. Like, I just, I like, oh, fuck this. I should like, have. but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's the kind of utter lack of enthusiasm. It's almost like if someone told you a year ago that this would be the result, totally. that like, you'd be like, what? Like, I'm sure it was like match of the year and you'd have been absolutely screaming about it from from the rooftops. And it's like, no. Mm. no not at all and it's just part of this entire kind of bigger malaise because you'd argue the person they put the belt on isn't the right person for for, for this moment in time mm-hmm. you'd argue that the run of the person who's had the title has been pretty much botched ever since they took the briefcase of the shockingly so well. yeah yep awful like in terms of looking about the title defenses um three title defenses jay white which is great and i think he gets injured then it's Sonada, then it's Desperado, and then it's this. Mm. This is like the big Kota Ibushi run been waiting for. Mm. You've they've done the merging of the titles, which you know by not by also just sort of like trying to kind of not reject history per se, but certainly a bit of rewriting. You're changing the lineage completely around, and that lineage tells the story of New Japan. It tells the story of the ups and downs. When you mm. start off with Anoki and you work your way through Choshu and Chono and Muto, and then you get into the dark period of Enokiism, who the champion is tells you where that company is at that point in time. Mm. And then you start to look at it and you think, God, where was that? You know, you had your, your 
Tanahashi, then you had Okada, then you had AJ Styles, then you've got Naito. You know, you've you've kind of got people who feel like the kind of bigger stars, and and they've just kind of fucked around with a lot of this stuff. And I think one of the points that Alan made, which I I really agree with, is you've got an unholy combination, perhaps, of a booker who, let's face it, and we've been saying it, has certainly been on the downturn for you could argue for two years, yeah, but. He's also, that's coming off the back of what is one of the, you could argue in terms of the way that he revitalized the company and an industry in Japan to a degree, like one of the great booking runs of all time for the sheer longevity of it, or kind of like eight, that that sort of period and where he took New Japan from. And it's now he's having to do this because they've got all of these shows. You get these cards, which are shit, bar one match. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make you want to sit up and watch them because the undercard just feels utterly missable. Unless you want to know who X is, you know, I'm watching this. There's one match. You want to see who X is and you want to see if Rapongi keep three K break up. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what one of these, this is a card that what four years ago was headlined by Shibata versus Akada. Like in like one of the greatest matches I've ever seen, and like you know a match that I I can't go back and watch because of what happens afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think of where this is, and then you see that they're building towards these dome events, which look like they just got no enthusiasm for watching it. It's bad, mm-hmm. like it's actively bad. And you mentioned like Bushi Road is dead. I'd argue the other half of Bushi Road is doing all right. Yeah, but true. this side like needs some serious like it needs some serious fucking work and it needs some serious conversations in the room because I don't know who or what this kind of new Japan is bay is for because it, it, I just kind of clearly know it's not for me mm. at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's in a very odd place, isn't it? And like I think from obviously last year, you know, we've talked about this before. Was that excitement of you know, waiting for New Japan to come back because that will be when wrestling came back and then, you know, it underwhelmed at the back end of last year and we put it down to a, diff- a range of different factors. So like, oh, well, there's, you know, there's no crowds so there's a limited roster and things like that. And we were kind of, I don't know, you're making up a lot of excuses really kind of thing and mm-hmm. just bending, bending logic a bit in some ways, you know. And it, we weren't happy, obviously, with things like, you know, evil and the evil Sonata stuff and things like that. But, you know, and, you know, myself personally, you know, I was prepared to give him a bit of leeway and things and, you know, give him a bit of time and see where things go. But then, again, just, just following on from that, I think the... It just feel, it feels like there's just been this oversaturation, like the volume of shows that they've been put out. And even though the shows have been shorter, so you've you've been getting these five and six match cards and things like that, it feels like the the regularity in which they've been pumped out has kind of devalued them quite a lot in terms of meaning. I think it, it means that you're seeing a lot of the same faces again and again and again in sort of different combinations where the combinations almost don't seem to have a, a whole lot of meaning behind them as well and you know even something like you know wrestle kingdom again being over o- over the two days you know that was something that you were looking at and thinking actually if that was if that was a one-day event they could have probably pieced together something there that was a you know a solid one-day card in a bit of a yeah. you know less is more situation kind of thing but again they still you know it still had to um churn out and give you, you know get all, all all these people involved that we'd very recently seen in the 
New Japan Cup last year and very recently seen in the G1 and things like that. And it did sort of bring that staleness to it. I think now where it's at, it feels to me like they're trying to make changes and obviously they've 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 made the changes with the belt they've you know they've made the changes at the top of the card and and things with you know different obviously putting the belt on osprey but then you know chingo been involved there as uh, you, you know go, um, coming through there and things but it just seems a bit i don't know it, it, it just seems a bit of an odd odd direction and it might be something that with a bit of time again i don't know if this is you're thinking like you're prepared to give a bit of time and you look mm. back and you think okay yeah yeah there's just that element of transition going on there and it's it maybe can't be as smooth but it's just it's sort of jp's point you're starting to have those doubts about well who are these changes for because they don't seem to be ticking the boxes of the core, core hardcore fans who've been following new japan you know certainly from a western standpoint in you know the last five ten years etc you know it feels like there's a lot of i don't know boredom and just you know it's people just aren't as interested the buzz has gone a little bit you know there and it, it definitely feels like it needs a shot in the arm and i kind of feel like they've maybe tried to do that but they've done it in in the, in the wrong way and it you know mm. it's almost seems like it's turning more people off than than turning them back on back onto the product it's it feels feels in a very odd place it does and you know we'll always be the first to say you know we're looking at this from a very for lack of a better term western perspective you know you know we're the type of fan who were like you know for, for us you know what we love what we loved about new japan and it having like that that part in our life i, I think it's kind of been overtaken by say an AEW now like thank god AEW exists to give me something positive to talk about on this podcast we're gonna get into it in a bit and the the new japan that used to appeal so much to us is yeah it just doesn't seem like the same company you know as as mark spuggledy says in the chat you know he he wrote a great write-up for uh for poster of this show um Mm. you know he's, he's saying there you know that bushy road have been doing you know we've got these one to two match cards now but it's it's been ever since you know new japan have have been up to doing what 60 plus shows a year um you know you've you've got that as mark also says as i know alan you know touched on you've got that maybe struggle between ghetto booking as ghetto does and the business side of new japan just wanting to you know especially in in a after a you know, a slightly disappointing financial year. You know, we talked about, didn't we, on Friday, JP, about that. You know, it's down, what, 15 to 20% um, the last mm. quarter on the year before. I really don't think that's that bad. But, you know, they've got money to make up, so they're going to push these dome shows and they're going to, you know, push more big shows to happen. It feels a lot like, I'm sure people are sick of me bringing it up. Pete Ring of Honor, this happened with there too. You know, Gabe Sapolsky was doing a great grand old job booking Ring of Honor and then Kerry Silken wants to run more and more shows. And, you know, Gabe was already clearly you know straight he was just bent out as a booker and then you add the extra shows in that he's got a peak stories for and fit in and you know it was a recipe for disaster then and it feels like it's been you know a bit of a, a recipe for disaster for new japan um and yeah like my interest level is so low right now like i say evil and sonada like uh, the the poster boys for this era for me like they would they would they would get the, the blunt of the blame from me once upon a time but yeah at this point it's just they're really, you know, you throw on Ibushi and Osprey on, on, on Sunday and, you know, that's a match that, to be, again, a year ago, I would have been probably killed for, you know, for a match between them two for the IWGP world title. And, and I just don't care. <laughs> like, I just, I, I, I've gone back and watched this show, JP, and like, 
I really, really, really tried to watch the rest of the show. I couldn't. I just didn't care about any of it. Like, more multibands, okay, yeah. One of them gave us a reveal, you know, for Osprey's faction. One of them was a decent enough tag that brought Show and Yo back, but I could just feel a malaise. I could feel, I just felt my own, like, just lack of reason to concentrate on it. And that kind of went through to the main events as well, which shocked me, you know? I've given it four stars on Crapple, but I always feel like it was an obligated four stars. If I'm honest with myself, maybe that was more a three and a half or a 3.75. Like, if I'm... If it, as we've said before in this podcast, if I'm getting my phone out and I'm wanting to do other things and not pay attention to you know a, a match, I think that tells you everything about my interest level and investment in the match. Um, I, like you both said, it's it's all of those factors. It's the overall malaise in New Japan. It's the mishandled you know Abushi title run, which we can absolutely say now is a is a one of just an awful run um you know it's yeah you know it's over now in april jp you know it's crazy and now osprey is gonna you know with all of the baggage that comes with osprey which i'm you know i'm sure we can get into is now carrying i know it's not the most important thing in the world this monstrosity of a title belt which to me just sums up what new japan is now in 2021 that that image of osprey with that belt is what we're going to remember another you know an app Analogy I always bring up on a broadcast. I did True Heel Heat on Saturday. Said it there as well. You know, it's it's WCW when they changed the Nitro set. You know, when it when it was like, oh yeah, it it was shit. But now I realise this really isn't the company that I felt that I was in love with these last couple of years. You know, DJ Rans on the ten- ones and twos, and you know, the, 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 <laughs> there's not much going on in ring. You know, like that's that's what this feels like. It feels like oh okay, someone's turned the lights on, sh- shined the light on it, and this teared of a new belt. Never mind the fact that it's around the waist of waist of Osprey. It's clear as day now. This is a different company now, JP. Yeah, there's. And when you think of the belt and the title stuff, and again, it, it, like, the belt stuff in and of itself, I'm generally not really interested in. I think there's a kind of classic design for a belt. Funny enough, I'd say it's the IWGP heavyweight title mm. is a kind of classic design for a belt. So why not use that? Mm. Like, and to think that they've done that, they've done that angle. I'm sorry to go on about the history side of it, but to do all of this for what has been a run, a pointless run, like fucking hell this idea of merging the titles and then the person who's who's merged them together is is gone out of the title picture mm. and is going to be in a feud with jeff cobb like seriously what is this <laughs> this doesn't suggest of like kind of long-term planning as well and i agree i mean like just everything about it and the kind of optic side of it is bad and we've said everything we would say about kind of with this but there was the feeling that we had certainly on the weekend preview like we've said so much about the kind of Osprey situation, we thought actually it'd be a very ghetto thing to do at the moment to put the belt on him. Totally. Which is exactly what they did. And I think ever since then, it was just like this nagging feeling of, yeah, they're going to do this. And the problem is, is there's an entire whole other situation. Although, weirdly, this show did as close to the kind of full capacity as they could do, I think, for a reduced sumo hall. And the last time they, uh, you know, they did. Their, I think they did about twenty nine hundred or something like that, mm. which makes me wonder: Is Osprey a, somewhat of a draw in Japan? Which I wonder if, if if that's interesting. I know it's not something that anybody like who, who listens to this generally wants to hear, but it does make me. Steve, it's an other conversation in SJP. You know, we always we always put the asterisks on that we are talking from a very specific point of view. Yes, we are. We're not there. 
and so it's very it's it's very kind of weird for this and i suppose it, it, it yeah it just feels completely wrong but it's also like having a, a just having a match where the the base storyline behind behind it the thing they added onto it which appeared to be for no good reason now if b Priestley was leaving stardom you just stop having her come out to ringside mm. you don't need to even kind of go on about it like mm. he's just got his back up there in the ring it's as simple as that Mm. And he might have beaten up one of those lackey, you know. Do you know what I mean? All of these things you can go back in hindsight to do. And then when you watch the opening video for this show, and you kind of think, yeah, you double down on this as the angle. It's part of your kind of big video package that you're putting in ahead of this as well. It's just all of these things are just kind of things they wouldn't have done like mm. a, a two, three years ago. They certainly wouldn't have done this like three years ago. Mm. There would have been this kind of logic in place. And it just feels like like they're just throwing shit up against a wall to a certain degree, which is the most unghetto thing in the world to do. Or like if he has his structure and he figures, I'm just going to put this person into, into this, like I'm going to put this square peg into this round hole and I'm going to see if it fits. Hmm. And the thing is with this is that Osprey gets the belt. I just can't help but feel he's obviously going to lose it back to Okada at that Tokyo Dome event. Yeah. Like, like, that'd be classic gather. That'd be classic, like the establishing so, title run. You know, not the proper title run. It's like it's his establishing run, and we'll get a proper Osprey um, title run later as well. But I don't know. Even that seems like a bad idea to me. Yeah. They did this with evil. Yeah, yeah, same. It, it was a fucking bust. Yeah. Sorry, he's wrestling Toriano in a in a blindfold match. <laughs> 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 I mean, we can expect better with, from Osprey, this, say, but go on, sorry, go on, Gareth. I, I was going to say, like, I think with this, though, as well, is like one of the where you talk about it not necessarily even been that exciting as a main event for me is where they're like looking to change things up and freshen things up at the, at the top of the card. But even even this match doesn't feel that fresh to me. Like Osprey Ibushi, I was, you know, I was thinking that it was something that we'd seen in 2020, we'd seen twice in 2019 as well. So it's a combination that we've seen and that's, that's okay. It's okay to put the same guys in the ring over a number of years. If there's almost that kind of on running story between them, but it's almost like there was, you know, there was nothing of any real substance or consequence between Ibushi and Dosprey as far as I could see or, you know, remember, obviously it was all about, it's more about the rise of Osprey and then the, the, these two titles. And then, you know, I was going back on the app and I was thinking, I'm sure there's, I'm sure they're sort of like flattered to deceive in the past as well. And like looking and I know these aren't bad scores by any, any means, but like the G1 last year, it's like averaging at like a 3.91 at, you know, at the um, Wrestle Kingdom match, it was like a 4.28. Whereas in my mind, when I hear Ibushi Osprey, I'm thinking like, 4.75 4.8 star average you know that absolute elite match that those two could you know potentially pull out and i mean you know they had a decent match in in the g1 in 20, 2019 but mm. again i just uh, they just didn't again just felt like they didn't quite click for me from a mm. uh, i don't know what it is from a style standpoint or something mm. they, they, it feels like they should they should click perfectly but I don't know that the sort of just don't for 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 me, and 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 that seems to sort of like be reflected in the in the ratings that people have people have given as well. And so it, so for I mean I didn't even watch it till today, and like and that was when I'd had the I'd had the results spoiled, and so I knew there'd been like a title change as well. And like 
thinking, like, imagine, uh, like, I can't imagine 12 months ago, 18 months ago, the idea that I, I know that there was a title change and, uh, you know, the, the, the top title in New Japan changing. And I'd be like, I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch it the day after tomorrow or something like that, you know. And it just sort of was reflective of that kind of, yeah, that mm-hmm. that apathy towards it, really. And, like, the same, like, same as you with the rest of the card. I mean, I watched the tag properly, but the other stuff I just threw on in the background while I was working today because I knew it was just essentially of no consequence and there might be a little, you know, there might be a little storyline nugget or something like that, but, you know, it was not something that you need to pay any real attention to, you know, to any degree. And this is supposed to be like a... Like it's not it's not a road to show, is it? It's a yeah. show. It's a it's it's a big event, and it, and it felt just like a road to show, you know. Which 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 again probably brought it down. That when you're looking at the card in advance, you just definitely wasn't thinking for one second. Oh yeah, I need to be uh, I need to be getting out of bed early and watching that live, or or even thinking I need to be putting it on the app live because yeah, yeah. I kind of had no buzz on the t- on the timeline or anything like that on on Twitter and things that made me feel like oh everyone's excited about this this needs to be this needs to be live so people can be rating it as they go like mm-hmm. it felt like no one was talking about it you know, you know almost forgot it was happening yeah yeah that's it and you know I had nothing else going on Sunday morning there was no. That would have been a, you know, we joked about like my, my lack of interest in Greg right now, Gareth. Maybe it's related to my lack of interest in New Japan. That would have been a nailed on get up in the morning, get a Greg's, get ready for a Bushi and Osprey to tear the house down. Maybe, yeah, you know, someone, someone mentioned the chat before, you know, is this, is this a, you know, I think it was Liam that mentioned it. Is this, is this a, you know, a pandemic thing? Is, is this a, you know, is it the fact that, you know, that I think it was Ben actually, Ben Moxon who said it. Is this a fact of, of like, okay, you know, we've all got, our level of interest in a lot of things has gone down, you know, and wrestling especially, you know, has struggled in this pandemic period. But, you know, I don't know, my AW interest is as big as it's ever been. I think that's always the the exception to the rule, isn't it? And, you know, obviously WWE have suffered terribly through the pandemic. But mm-hmm. to your point you said before, Gareth, I think this, this New Japan malaise happened before the pandemic. And if anything we were more charitable. Like, again, I'd probably cringe listening back to our G1 podcast where I was just like, you know, uh, it's, it's just a little evil. It's still good. It's still good. Like, during that period, <laughs> trying to, like, just just cling on to the possibility that New Japan still might be good, despite the world crumbling around me. You know, it was it, it was obvious then. Um, and yeah, like I said... I, 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 I think the big thing is is when multiple things start to not add up or not make sense, and I think True. that's when that's when when the alarm bells start to go off. I think with anything that you're into and you and you like a lot, mm. you're always going to forgive like that one thing that you don't quite like or those two things. But but when it starts to become like five or six, mm. and it's in a short concentrated period of time as well, yeah. then you start to think like how forgiving can I be? And oh, actually, you know, when it's, when it's almost like on a monthly basis, something is happening that you don't feel like is, you know, a positive or it's, you know, things are steering down a different route than, than you would expect it mm-hmm. to go or, or a route that you'd, you'd want it to go even then as they start to, to mount up, then you, then you, then you do start to have concerns. And I think, yeah, while, things have taken a knock in the pandemic i think good is still good i think when things have been good people have still enjoyed it rated it highly people can still get excited about stuff like with with aw being been the example um there you know definitely that that's the case but you know i think as this all you know it probably 
you know, you raise the evil aspect there that came out, you know, and then, mm. you know, you've got, you've got that side of things. You've got obviously different business decisions with the belts. You've got the card structure. You've got things happening that don't seem to have a lot of reasoning behind them for Shows some of the other matter. different wrestlers and things. And it's, it starts to just sort of chip away really. And then you're, you're in this thing. And then I think once you do get into that position where things have, chipped away about it's it's harder to steer the ship back on course because you've got to then you're not rectifying one decision or you're not rectifying two when you're suddenly having to rectify five six seven things to get them back then you know it's it's it, it, mm. it's fucking difficult to do that you know and and for the if, if you even get two wins those five things that you do haven't got right are still kind of like souring people's opinions on the product and things as well so you know i, th- I think they're in a they're in a real tricky position at the at, at the minute, and it just feels like with the number of cards that we've got coming up as well, mm. which I think we're just in line for just more of the same. I don't, I don't see where how they are steering this back on course at the minute. Every division suffered. The mm. juniors have suffered, and admittedly, there's the unluckiness of Hiromu going down. And I'm generally fine with Desperado, to be honest with you. And you mentioned that's one of the highlights for me is Desperado versus Hiromu towards the end of last year. Mm. Um, However, uh, like the juniors, and I can see a comment Liam's made in there as well, it's just wrestled very much like it's it's heavyweight stuff. There isn't anyone in that junior division who sticks out, really, mm-hmm. like offering anything kind of there. Now, you'd argue that look, that's where your imports are going to primarily come into, but who are those imports going to be? Like, it really, it's it's hard to think of people who'd make a change other than people they would be able to get in Japan, which mm-hmm. is just not the kind of considered practice the tag division like this like suzuki gun versus god thing and then you've got two singles matches and one of them is a ladder ladder match for iron fingers and you're just thinking <laughs> you can't have a tag team t- title defense no yeah yoshihashi and goto no couldn't do that mm. and therein lies your problem is that like the the kind of very obvious things you mentioned about putting out the kind of like the the, the smaller problems they're bigger things that kind of affect like every level of fancy a casual fan is not going to be particularly interested by this or doesn't certainly seem to be and your hardcore fans aren't happy with any of this because you're not delivering with them it fuck me like it's a i think it's bad and like and I'm one of these people who tends to think, and it's probably because we saw ECW and WCW go bust. It's like one of these things and you go, I'm not saying New Japan's going bust or anything else, but you see the downturn of companies. You you see where they're doing bad. You, you see the cyclical level of nature of the business mm. and the way that it works and the way that there is. It's how you deal with those troughs. It's what you do in order to kind of get through that period where there might be that kind of creative malaise. And then you look at the stables. And my God, they need breaking up or freshening up in dramatic ways because they're just the same. Whereas you watch AEW where there's the kind of new stables being formed, but it's done in a kind of interesting way where people who, even people who aren't in the same stable will have some kind of relationship or whatever. And you kind of think, oh, well, this is interesting because you're just creating a whole load of interactions. Here it's just chaos lads versus LIJ lads versus Suzuki Gun lads, versus Bullet Club lads, or versus Tanashi's Army lads. And you're just repeating that same old cycle and structure. And it's, I think that there just comes a point where you're like, I can't, 
mm. I'm struggling with this. And you're throwing Shingo in the main events at a time you think I'd love to see this this guy around the kind of main totally. event scene, but like totally fucking basketball. hell. Yeah, like crazy idea. Just go with great matches as your main events. Like but, like yeah, sorry. But even that doesn't make sense though, does it? Like why why Shingo? Like I know I know they've done this for years, but why is yeah. why is he near the front of the queue for a title match? Did he you know, did he not very, very recently lose? Like I, I yeah, I just think that that attention like Gareth listed all the things that are going yeah. wrong there that could all be minor things on their own, but yeah, they all add up, like like you said, Gareth, and you know that attention to detail, little things like that, just bother you more when you're not not as invested in it. And yeah, you know I, that is, you know, it's not all negative because yeah, we're gonna get you know an Osprey Shingo match that I'm sure I'm sure is gonna be great. It's got to be, and you know another Osprey Okada match, which I'm sure you know what minimum you're talking four stars. So. There are still matches to look forward to, but I don't know. It's taking place in a in a promotion that couldn't feel any more cold to me right now. And, and on JP's point though, there about like the divisions, it, it, there, there almost aren't divisions. There's like what the, what is the tag team division? There's two yeah, tag true. teams. It's like what's the what's the, the what's the juniors? What, what's the, the oh. like the, the the junior division? It's mm. it's three guys essentially. You know, you, you know you know other people that are in there. Your bushes of this world and things like that. The, the, you know that you, you know they're the, they're just there kind of thing. It's not you know mm. they're not the tag the tag division. Like even that today, like that that match when I watched that from the weekend, the junior tag match. I was waiting there for thinking, okay, this you know something happened here with with showing you here that again that might just spark a bit of life if these two just like end up you know splitting today or something and then that that suddenly it's two guys to like freshen up going after the junior belt or something like that something fresh mm-hmm. to add into the mix oh no no we'll just uh we'll just give them a fifth run or whatever with the uh junior tag titles and i know that might be to come further down the line but it just it just feels you know it feels like outside of it again even those two teams that were there that's mm. that's who they are the six-man belts throw it together three guys and just like <laughs> you know carry some belts around and then flip-flop them between it it just doesn't mm. feel like there's any depth or granularity to anything that's happening up and down the the cards and certainly it doesn't seem like there's any i don't know long long-term thought going into into building people to come through for something fresh in the tag division or in the junior divisions or, or anything like that it's uh yeah it's, yeah it's all a bit odd yeah and it's, it's i don't know if it's even a travesty because like you've got to be honest got to say it's been fucking incredible from 2012 to 2019 mm. whatever whenever you want to yeah. you know draw your line is as the end that's a long fucking period for a promotion to be as good as it was i think it's always at some point gonna go off the rails but i don't know it just it hits hard because we're also used to new japan being like that part of our lives that dependable part of our lives for all those things you just mentioned gareth and it's and it's not right now your your investment in new japan right now just doesn't really feel like it's being rewarded and it's difficult as a fan if you like and if you're like me now at the minute at the minute where like i'm willing to kind of test out other sort of promotions in and around japan mm. to kind of get that fixed particularly because I, I like how wrestling is pre- presented in mm. japan like it's just kind of like there's there's a general aesthetic thing you go down to and you go to new japan which is like you're kind of that's like you said it's your fail safe that's rapidly become aew for me yep. as like 
well, at least I know they're going to deliver to this certain level each week. I, I kind of know where where I am with that. When it comes to Japan, it's like Noel was looking, you know, had a Go Shiyazaki run that was easy to get into. And then they've decided to go all fucking bonkers mm. by like, oh, let's put it on the group of 50-year-old lads <laughs> like across the fucking board, like, which is insane. Mm. Um, and you, you see these things happening. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's yeah, it's that seven-year period. It's that realisation that it's kind of things have changed. The COVID has brought along a change that's there. If you're thinking like, they could do with some of the young lions just not to go an excursion, frankly. Mm. Put Yota Suji into a fucking tag team with Yamura. Why not? Why not? Would I prefer to see them over G.O.D.? Yes. Yes, I would in a fucking heartbeat. I'd have that. Like, And that's where we're at. And I think I, I was saying about the idea of the excursion stuff is, is just, I think there's lads on New Japan strong. I'd sooner have them come in as a fucking tag team, I mm. think, than, than for a lot of what we're getting. And I'm kind of damning with faint praise when I say that, because even mm. though, like, you know, this is not New Japan of of sort of a couple of years ago, this new era was always going to be a difficult era to transition on, particularly if you're transitioning on on one that's so successful in kind of a critical and commercial way. It feels very Game of Thrones. Mm. It feels like we've got to the point where we've got past the books. We're into season seven. <laughs> Stuff's happening. That attention to detail. So people are flying all over Westeros in the space of half an hour. And you're like, yeah, this. we spent a season following people wandering around in the fucking mud. So like, how do we get to this point? It is. Um, and then the other thing makes me think of is Arsenal. And it makes me think, yeah, this feels very Arsenal at the minute. Completely disjointed. <laughs> And putting the belt is like putting the captaincy on William Gallas. And I'll always make the point that, like, yeah, you're you're putting it on someone. It's like, really, like that's the figurehead of your company. Like, I, is that where you want to go right at this particular moment in time? You've been, you know, you've set up this other lad, and then it just feels like, you know, what would happen in the past is their captains get snapped up by uh, WWE or Real slash Barcelona, uh, <laughs> whoever. Don't know. You know they're not even coming in for them now. No. Which probably might, might yeah, that might tell you a lot. Because <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, they're not coming in for any Arsenal players at the minute. <laughs> or setting up Game of Thrones. I don't know. Choose the analogy you want to go with. <laughs> <laughs> i throw that out there and I'll be careful because I still want to go to his wedding. But uh, Joe's worst opinion, I thought the last series of Game of Thrones was good. Um, awful, awful series of television. Um, <laughs> Anywho, um, now that I've thrown him under the bus, um, yeah, it's... I mean, we've got to talk that you know the match itself, Osprey and Ibushi, but I don't even know if there's that much to say. You know, you you nailed it before, Gareth. You know, when you say about you feel like you've seen it before, like when you were telling that, or like a picture in my head was them doing that fucking Rana reversal spot in the corner again with Ibushi there again, looking like the world's fucking biggest idiot. Like, oh my god, I can't believe he landed on his feet. It's not even that impressive. He's done a back up onto his feet it's not that impressive considering it's will osprey that's actually not the most impressive thing he's gonna do in a match i don't get it and they've done it 27 million times now and yeah it just that summed up the match for me really i really as i mentioned before i feel like a liar giving it four stars and grapple i feel like i'm doing that thing gareth that you mentioned where you look at the average and you go i can't go too low though because i look like a dickhead so you end up just giving it what you think you're supposed to give sometimes and you know in reality, it's probably a three and a half star, three, three, three and three quarter star match for me. I should, I should go back and edit it because I c- 
can't give a match that high rating when I'm I care so little about it. And it's not even like they pulled me in, you know, really there were there were good things in the last five minutes or so, but it, there wasn't like, you know, your big finishing stretch. Maybe that's good that, you know, you didn't get your big near fall fest that you get in every other match. I, I mean, for an IWGP title change, maybe I'd argue that's where you do do that. Um but there wasn't even that really for me to go, oh yeah, but the last five minutes were fucking incredible. Uh, the last five minutes were very good, but they weren't fucking incredible. Um, mm. It was just a match. And yeah, I just felt, I felt completely detached from it the entire way through. And yeah, feel like a, a bit of a fraud, even giving it four stars on Grapple. What, what did you guys give it in the end? I must be a fraud, huh? four stars. Like, Me I, too. I give it I, four. <laughs> do, yeah. do we feel like we have to do that? Because, I mean, just stand by that, right? I, it's, it's a case of when you're watching it, you can recognise that this is, that That's they're very true. good at professional wrestling. That's that there true. is this element of it that you're kind of... But what there isn't is the investment and the intangibles. And five stars isn't just like, well, this is a technically perfectly worked match. There's so many other elements that go into it, into any kind of like rating. And I didn't have those elements because I think what you had is like, a, like I'd said before, you, you'd had a, a title defense that had been booked, a title reign that had been booked terribly, uh, an angle for a match that was awful, um and what you got was a complete lack of investment from me so when that happens it's like i can recognize it it's good but i don't know it'd be like i'm trying to think of again other analogies for it but it's it's just something that i don't think i was ever going to go above that i i think if i'd gone below four i mean and there were bits like that kind of botch they did when they were coming back well, i say botch it's like when he fell and collapsed and then they worked out him selling his back and the rest of it and i was like oh, okay I'm, I'm fine with that that happens it's wear and tear of it but and so when you're trying to think of stuff that's actively bad from it like that would kind of be there and i think there's a lot of stuff at the beginning still that they've they've hit the formula with their for their main events and that's and yes it's less of a protracted end sequence this time round, mm. but it's very by the numbers it's like a BBC, I'll tell you what it is, it's a nine o'clock BBC One drama, not Line of Duty, because I recognise loads of people kind of love that, where you put in loads of good actors, but it's just by the numbers. It's a by the numbers script, you know what's going to happen, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is how it is. And it just fits into those boxes very nicely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think for me, I th- it, it is that whole thing of like drawing you in, and I'll, I gave it four, and I'll stand by the four, like I, th- I feel that feels justifiable to me, because there were there were a lot of things in there that I did like there was a lot of you know very well executed spots and sequences that were smooth and you know there's you know there's something definitely some things in there that you know were, were were cool and got you out of the seat out of your seat and things I think it was more for me it was everything that went on in between and before those those points as well were the things that were sort of like dragging it down and making making it feel a bit less to me and it's the same as we talked a few weeks ago with that Shingo match in the in the New Japan Cup final um it's I think it's Osprey's just his heel work for me mm. because the best bits True. for me in this match were when Osprey was doing stuff that essentially are babyface spots you know <laughs> when he's, he's doing cool high-flying moves you know things that look you know really good stuff that's almost designed to get people out of the seats the good the good stuff wasn't osprey mm. you know working like a good 
main event heel and doing main event heel things that you know that he that, that he should be doing and it was quite dull really that the where he was you know where he was working the neck and things in in, in between it just felt a bit like it was just there rather than it being something that was being used to sort of generate and some element of emotion out of the crowd or to draw you in in the, in, in, in the way that you were the, the, the way that you're watching it and I think I've personally just got a bit more of a problem with his with his his heel work than I than, and that's what's taken me out of these the, these matches because mm. you know when it when um you know when he did things like you know when he landed that fucking you know that flying knee towards the end. Oh, that, yeah. that, that that just looked. You know that looked absolutely great when he did that shooting star press on the top rope when Ibushi was dangling over the top rope and things. That looked just. You know that looked like cool as well. And then you know immediately following up with the other one, it was just a good good little thing. But it's like it's not top heel stuff to be. I don't know to be doing 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 things like that. I mean, it, ultimately, it just boiled down to me was like i said before this idea of in your mind of these two coming together in the ring and the type of the match that, that you think they can have and in in reality they, they they just didn't deliver on that again again for me and you know it was fine it was a four-star match but it's absolutely not a match that i'll be going to seek out you know again in the future to watch again in the future for any particular reason it's something that you'll probably ask me about in two months time and i'll have no great memories of other than the results you know probably you know there's nothing that's gonna gonna jump out for me there and it'll just be again another one of these half an hour new japan main event start, uh, matches that you know get churned out and kind of almost vanish into the ether almost because they're not at the absolute tippy top level and you know no one's going to be talking about it when it comes to match of the year time or anything like that and you know no nor should there be yeah yeah that's it and four stars usually you know i think maybe the reason i'm wanting to climb down my own rating is four star is usually the line for me for that you know when it comes to considering top 10 of the year when we do our podcast at the end of the year like i'll collate my matches i gave more than four stars to this won't be on my list i won't even consider it um it's not happening <laughs> you know it's it's not it's not not to that level um you know for oh, all of my match of the week yeah <laughs> there you go yeah 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 and I, I, me neither and i watched mlw this week too jp so you know um it's got plenty of stiff competition wow. there. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah i mean that that says everything and you know you, you that's another thing you know it is it's this Osprey. It's that's another reason I'm not invested. And uh, you know, like, there are plenty of it, real life issues too. But as far as like his performances as this top heel, that just it hasn't landed in any discernible way for me either. He feels pretend. He feels try hard. That was the word we used when we talked about the. The B Priestley mm-hmm. angle, you know, when we get to, to talking about, you know, joke there, but you know, it is, I think it's stardom, you're alluding to there, JP, but when we come to talk stardom, we'll be talking about oh, yeah. B, B Priestley leaving there. You know, that's p- presumably why they did that angle, you know, to write her off, but uh, just try hard was the word for that. It was, it, it, as far as, as well as gross and, you know, unnecessary, it was just desperate, I suppose, is the other word. And that's what this heel Osprey run has felt. It's felt desperate. Like putting the belt on him almost feels desperate as like a, you know, a, a way to get him over in the way. Like, you know, like we said earlier, they've done with evil and they've done with so many people, you know, over these last few years to help them take that next step. Uh, but in this current incarnation, I just don't think I really want to see it. I don't want to see this Will Osprey with his, 
Chelsea Kiss or whatever the move is called, which by all rights should be called. If you're going to do your fucking East End villain thing, like at least call it the Chelsea Dagger. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, surely, surely that makes more sense. But like, the whole character's crap. Chelsea Smile is is that not Chelsea what you Smile? Mean? That's yeah, it. Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea Smile. smile. Yeah. It's shite. It's just shite. The whole thing's shite. It doesn't fit him. He's completely out of place with it. And yeah, these are the you know, and he's also you know the other thing we've not really mentioned is the fact that he's you know he's when he's cutting his promos after matches, like there's not even a wink and a nod to the to the real life issues that people have got with Will Ospreay, which is a you know another reason people are walking away from New Japan. The fact that it's him getting that belt. There are people who feel very strongly about that. He is winking to them, you know, in his promo after the match. I won't apologize to anybody. I you know. Everyone hates me. I'm a scumbag. Conor McGregor when he became the double champ. Is that what he did? Is that the same thing? Oh, he no, okay. he did. I don't apologise to nobody because yeah yeah he stole that, that was just stolen from Conor McGregor. Just makes the whole thing feel dirty though. It just you know like ah yeah. oh, it just yeah just the whole thing it's just just feels wrong and gross and you know I I had a bit of a to and fro on the day on Twitter about you know cancel culture and all of that, that you know that that stuff but like aside from you know that conversation like i you know there are people who fairly feel strongly about osprey you know feels stronger than you know maybe maybe we we do on some elements of it but you know there's a big portion of your western audience that feel very strongly about this osprey stuff never mind you know as, as we said last time jp you know the, the female audience we talked about and we talked about you know mm-hmm. pushing them away with angles like the b Priestley angle like the it's no joke the amount of people I know who are hardcore New Japan fans who this is now the line for them. You know, the fact that now Osprey's the champion on on top of everything else. I mean, that's another reason people are walking away as well. And yeah, I've got to be honest, you know, as much as I'm somebody, you know, maybe, you know, I've gone on record in this podcast with the Osprey stuff as, you know, not feeling as strongly about it as some other people do and seeing it a little bit different than some of the other cases. That's depth of feeling is out there that's another thing you know the alan farrell talked about on the torch podcast that depth of feeling is out there and i think the way he put it was you know you've got to have some empathy for the people who feel strongly about osprey because you know they're not unjustified about it um mm. and you know but they're, they're more people that are just being chased away and this is like the final this is the final straw for them i think as far as like following you japan closely feels like they're trolling them <laughs> Yeah, it does. To a certain degree. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's just kind of... Why would you lean into it? Why would you lean into it? Like, why would yeah, you not? Why, yeah. Surely they should be trying to rehab Osprey, not make things worse. Whatever you think about it, you know, just talking about it like as a black and white mechanical thing. Like, if you're in New Japan, why are you leaning into this? Don't have I mean, any I mean, are they thinking that they can use this as the vehicle to make him a stronger heel? Because that's oh, it seems to be like his, you know, whatever, think, whatever heel elements that he's mm. trying to get across seem to be, you know, tied in, you know, loosely tied into it in 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 some in some way. But you know, again, they clearly it's clearly something that they haven't got a you know got an issue with it, you know, at all. Obviously, putting it putting the belt on him and things like that. But again, I think for me though, it all just ties back around to this idea of he just does, just doesn't feel right in the, in, in, in the, in the role yeah. to me. And it's like, it's almost, it's almost like 
fact that he knows he can push some buttons with that stuff, it's almost a bit of a crutch for him to try and be a heel when nothing, everything about this character that he's trying to be, just nothing about it seems credible from for the all of his stuff originally when he, he he looked, you know, he looked terrible in his suits and his glasses and you know his watch and all that kind of. None of that looked right. It just didn't look right for him, and it was just it was a bit kind of cosplay Ric Flair and things. And then mm. now, like you know, he's Nick and Nine. You saying there, Nick and Nine's from bloody conor mcgregor and even in the post-match in the post-match promo thing he was talking about like getting a bit of the bubbly and things and you're kind of like come on you just look like you know just be be a bit original kind of you know try and try and do something do 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 something a bit bit unique and it's almost like he doesn't quite know what to do and he's just stealing these bits from 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 other places and then like i say just like using the real life stuff as a bit of a crutch because he knows that's something that's going to push a few buttons and he probably thinks it's good heel work when actually Mm -hmm. it's 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 bad business work it's it's bad heat not good heat it's bringing more attention to the story is what it's doing it's reigniting that depth strong depth of feeling that a lot of people have towards Will Ospreay it's just it's stupid from all angles really um, di- yeah. different culture and if Ghetto and Dick Togo think this kind of western style this is the western style stuff that people want then they're very much out of touch and I suspect they do Mm. This has been something that they've like kind of leaned into heavily, especially over the last year, more than any time ever. Mm. And you can kind of see the results of it with some of these cards, can't you? And I was just thinking in an alternative universe, you have Shingo go over in the New Japan Cup. You build to what I, I, I want to say is the first ever meeting between him. and No, it's not. It'd be the second meeting between him and Ibushi, but something that's certainly a damn sight fresher. Mm. And then if you choose to put the title on, on, on Shingo, you've got Osprey set up as like your kind of title challenger, and then you can you do an entirely different you do a different story then, and then you you can build to the Osprey title win if that's something that you're wanting to do. But no, they instead kind of tacked on this terrible angle, which kind of took all the steam out of a match that didn't need that in order to sell it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I, I mean yeah. I mean, we'll ask a tough question in the in the chat there, and you know, the chat's talking about it now. What does Rev Pro do with them? Like, if I'm actually out of out of, out of just interest, I went to the Rev Pro Twitter to see if they have they retweeted New Japan. Of course, they have, because you know, it's it's the way it's the IWGP champion stood there with their belt and the IWGP belt. But I don't know if I'm quilding, like you know, what do you do? So you you is Osprey now a heel in the UK too? Are they booking this horrid character in the UK too? Is he going to be cutting these types of promos in front of your core fans? Because let me tell you, that's a bad idea. Um, yeah, get you know, messy. Very, yeah, very messy. Quick. Even in being on the shows is going to be too much for for a lot of people. And you know, again, got obviously got empathy for those people for who feel strongly about that. It's like yeah, I don't even don't know what that looks like. You know, Osprey on UK shows now. It's so weird because, like, when you see him stood there and he's got the, you know, he's got that new belt and he's got the Rev Pro belt over his other shoulder, Mm. and you think Rev the the Rev Pro title has never looked more prestigious ever. It is the it is clearly the most prestigious British wrestling championship probably ever there. That they, you know, the New Japan champions stood there with that belt on one shoulder and he's, he's got that on the other. And then, and, but then they're in this situation of obviously with the feeling towards him that they can't capitalize on that at all, really, because then no. they're just not going to, they're, they're not no. going to get the positive reaction from it. And they're also a bit stuck because they can't, you can't be dropping that title to anybody else 
um, Wiley's got the IWGP title as well. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be losing the Rev Pro belt to anybody. Anybody KJ for future IWGP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you oh, know. Yeah. So it's so it's the 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 they're, they're a bit stuck with it, really. When it, when you know it should be something that they can massively capitalize on. Obviously, you know, you look at something like the Progress belt by comparison, and that's like lower than the 24-7 title or something <laughs> like that in the WWE pecking order, whereas the Rev Pro belt actually looks like something pretty prestigious right now. So, um, mm. if, uh, again, I, I feel like that's that, that's just a, a real odd odd corner they've found themselves in there, that it's, you know, it's the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, anything more to say on that? Osprey in general, the belt, the, the main event? I don't know what, yeah, no. what, what you even say at this point. It's just, yeah, it's just an, a, another reason, you know, for for a lot of negativity um, to surround you, Japan. And no sympathy from me. They've they've, they've brought it on themselves. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, anything, anything else on the rest of this new Japan card? You mentioned JP. Uh, you know, you tuned in and out of uh, of bits of it. Like, I, 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 I really really struggled with this one. Was that was there anything worth a shit on the on this undercard? No, not really. I and mean, the junior tag was wrestled. It was fine because mm-hmm. generally they're all they're, they're two well established teams. Although what they seem to be doing, I think, with Yo's costume is kind of hinting at a future heel turn. And you're thinking, oh my god, you're dragging this out, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Um, at a time when you kind of need something fresh like that, certainly in the junior division, just another heel and face just to put in there, like just as a as a different kind of appeal. The other one was um, Hanare getting the spot as um x in the united empire which from a storyline point of view kind of makes it makes sense he got a win over sonata which i'm fine with so like if there was anything to kind of take from the show is is kind of being happy about it was almost that that it felt like they're using him and and he's a different mix in that heavyweight division and there'll be a good degree of expectancy and you just kind of see like with david finney it's like all right they're going to live up to it because mm. like they need all hands on deck, don't they? Mm. So you can't have someone like Toa Hanare or now Aaron Hanare sort of spinning his heels on the on like the first match of the show, not looking great as he teams with fucking Master Watto. Taguchi, <laughs> it's like you know shit. You really need to sort of step it up. But yeah, other than that, that that was it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hiromu coming out as an MC at the beginning to warm up the crowd. And if he's out for a while, I think you can do a lot worse than have that as, as a role for him. Otherwise, I suggest reading Mark Buckledy's report on post wrestling for yeah. it. Or he ends the review on Back Body Drop and move on with your day. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't yes. need to see these matches. Anything from you, Gareth? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed that tag. I mean, I gave that 3.75. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a. A, you know, good good match that I really enjoyed. Like I said, I thought the um, I was open for a bit of a different direction. But yeah, again with the uh, like JP says with the the way you was uh, dressed and his change of hair color and things like that, there was a there was a hint at something a bit further down down the line. And in the interview afterwards, he said that he wanted the singles belt, and I was thinking, oh well, there you go. That's a that's a hint towards something in the future. But mm-hmm. also on the other hand, you've just got that whole thing of the juniors all just bleeding into each other across the singles title and the tag title again kind of because there's not enough going on <laughs> beneath um, in any of those areas really so it just almost kind of just reaffirmed that point to me that there's no, there's, there's no depth and I think that's it you know I, I, I was just thinking about definitely you know obviously I, I said it last 
last last week and yeah with a, with a, with more than one second's thought you know i'd i'd gone like oh i'd love to see andrade in there and just mixing <laughs> it up and then yeah of course it's not cutting into the junior um junior division but it just needs some new one or two fresh people kind of thing to just mm. come in and just create some new matchups there and just just mix it up a bit and you know you know maybe even someone to come in and be really dominant as 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 well and somebody who just just feels a bit different because um as much as we're getting that at the top top level yeah there's mm. there's undercards as suffering definitely definitely um well on to more positive things then i suppose uh you know we have got positive things to say today i think actually the rest of the things we're going to talk about today i think generally uh we're going to be positive about aw being a uh, chief among them which is uh the next thing to talk but actually before we get into AEW, we've got a reference it the big uh news story of the week feels like uh, and it did happen this week apparently chris jericho's mm-hmm. going on steve austin's podcast on the doing network any thoughts on that lads fucking hell that's a uh, does does Vince McMahon know Chris Jericho worked for AEW? Does he know what AEW is? These are these are the questions I've got. <laughs> I just feel like I feel like I know yeah. Jericho. Jericho has gone on uh, Austin. It is has gone on record saying he texted him, texted Vince, and was like, "Are you sure though?" <laughs> Vince was like, "Thumbs up yeah. emoji." Apparently, Vince deals in a, in emojis. That's uh, that's what we learned this week. Uh, any reactions to that? That's a uh, fucking weird. What if you Tony totally Khan? You. I don't. I don't think there's a downside to letting Jericho on go on there. I just. I wonder how much uh, the editors are gonna uh, have to say about what they they actually get to talk about. That's the thing. That's the real intrigue, and it's definitely something I'll be watching as soon as I can kind of physically be able to, because I think it premieres after WrestleMania. So yeah, it's doubtful night, yeah. I'll be watching it that that night. I, you'd argue that I'm intrigued by that than the vast majority of the combined WrestleMania cards. <laughs> um, I think it's a win-win for everyone. Mm. I think WWE get the the kind of viewers that they'll want for something like that. I think the idea of Jericho appearing will get people who are into WWE, don't know where he is. Like, I think it would get them intrigued and looking at AEW. It, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, if you're Tony Khan, he's not going to say anything negative about AEW, is he? He's not likely to while he's, you know, while he's got stories in there because there's a, there'd be a way that then, you know, I'm not saying that they'd retaliate and call anything silly because I did hear stuff about saying it's contract season and the rest of it. And you always <laughs> think, well, yeah, that's the game he's permanently going to be playing. But the minute he's involved in storylines and the rest of it, he's got his character there. He wants to keep it as, as hot as possible. And he's hot because he's on AEW, isn't he? Mm. Like to that WWE. That's, that's, that's the reason why we're talking about this and we're interested in it. I'm probably not too hopeful of what the realistic responses will be. <laughs> I imagine a lot of this stuff will be quite pat and it'll be looking at the past and stuff like this. Mm. And they weren't going to AEW in as much depth as we would kind of want to. And you'd want, you'd imagine that like if this was a proper interview, like it'd be the case where Austin would be diving straight into that. Trust yeah. me, they'll be looking at old clips of fucking Y2J coming <laughs> out against the rock in that promo and shit like that. Like as soon as they can, and I'll be knocking back a couple of beers. And Whatever happened to that damn Ralphus? Yeah, I'll be like that. <laughs> There'll be that stuff. And you go, oh, do we need to hear this? I'm mm. sure he's got four books and he's done about. 87 of these type interviews before mm-hmm. um like we don't need if like don't have austin just get steph chasing if that's the case. <laughs> like the like Christian really Lisper. like because you want to hear austin like kind of actually saying because he's done interviews with with um with tony khan about this stuff as well mm-hmm. it's oh, like yeah. you know you yeah i i'm fascinated by it it probably it won't be as good as what we want it to be but that's a kind of given I, I take that as an absolute given. 
these mm-hmm. days. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, God, I was so I was just so shocked. I just assumed it was an April Fool's when I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, same. It, but, and like because because of, of the little sort yeah. of video, it looked a bit green screen or something like that. And I was thinking, oh, very clever. And then I just assumed it was some like WWE fake account or something. And then the more I like looked at it, I was like, what? Like this is actually real. It was like genuine. I, I don't remember the last time I was genuinely surprised by something in wrestling. I can't, I can't believe it's yeah. happening. I'm like JP there. I literally just want to be watching this as soon as I can. And I, I know it's not going to. That's the know, real watch along on like Sunday it, night. It, watching yeah, this. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not like they're going to be on there talking about all the ills of WWE and how great AEW is and things like that. But even just like right down to just getting a feel for the tone of it and things like that. And the, and just the, the way it feels, the interaction you know, generally between them and things without, you know, with mm. the, they're obviously not going to get into those things, the, the, those areas that you would want them to talk, talk about. Even that just is going to just be fascinating. Just see, hearing the, the tone that Jericho talks about WWE and, and even hearing how they do address the, AEW stuff. Do they even say utter the letters AEW on yeah. on on their you know I was going to say on their network or on Peacock you know kind of thing like it's 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 going to be fascinating and that was another side thing things as well is like I wonder how much control Peacock have over stuff like this now and how much of a say I don't know maybe there is uh, you know the does the whole filter come through WWE or do, or is there an element there where Peacock have got a bit of a say in things and if it's like oh actually this looks like it's something that's going to pull. Uh, subscribers into Peacock actually can. Will we see things that Vince would have traditionally said no to him having to say yes to now because he's maybe mm. lost lost some of the power over how what content gets used and things like that as well. It's it's going to mm. be a, a fascinating sort of first step really into this new post network in in the US world that we're in. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, the big thing I'd say about this is, you know, we've all said a lot of things about Jericho over time, but he's the only fucker who's, who would ever pull this off. Like, he's the only yeah. one who's got the power to, one, get Vince to agree to it, and two, get Tony Khan to agree to it. Um, and it kind of it is. It is. It's, it's it, you know, it's it's another, you know, not even door, it's a wall being broken down, isn't it, in the, uh, <laughs> if it's Jericho, I suppose. That's, that's what it is. We're of an era Sorry, where if you're what. If you're watching early 90s WCW, they, I remember them mentioning WWF once. Mm. And it was just like one of the throwaway comments, you know, <laughs> along with Z-Man on the pro, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It, 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 like, they never mentioned it. And certainly, like, when Vince mentioned WCW, that, like, felt like a big thing to mm. me. It's like, whoa, he never mentions them by name. So imagine in 2021, and there's a group of Peacock executives who see that this show has done bigger numbers than other stuff they would do on the on there. And they go, we should get more people in like him. Why is he spe- well, he's in AEW? All right, we should get people in from that. No, we don't, we don't even mention their name. They just look at him like, what are you fucking mentalist? This is like, <laughs> we get big ratings here and you're not even prepared to say their name like a fucking child, like as if they don't exist, which is exactly why he does it. Because if he doesn't mention their names, then they don't exist. He mm. did this with TNA. Mm. TNA. Yeah. <laughs> Even now. Like, I, <laughs> They've yeah. only just escaped I mean, that really, ban, haven't they? They had big ratings <laughs> because of that was the, the fucking wacky world that we lived in back then compared mm. to what AEW do, which at the minute is terrible ratings, really. Mm. And it's going to be the, as we've said on the, the previous show, it's going to be that test mm. of what happens that for, like those first few weeks without any competition at all. What do they do at that point? Um 
but yeah, like the first time they're being given like a certainly a real kind of like creative threat, certainly. Like so they're coming in they're doing the creative like so much better than what WWE can. So the idea of them getting any kind of publicity whatsoever from an active member of their roster who probably has a good hand in kind of a lot of creative aspects on there. I imagine they're picking Jericho's brains about a whole number of different storylines and stuff that doesn't involve him as well. Like it, it's, it's so fascinating. It's, yeah. it's just like this would not have happened in the nineties. There was no chance that fucking, I don't know. I'm trying to think like Bischoff would have turned up on some bloody interview with Jim Ross. Hey, he threatened to fight Vince on a pay-per-view, you know, it, it could have happened if, it, if Vince did. wasn't such a fucking coward, you know, um, Tony Khan and Vince, that's the fight I want to see on pay-per-view. Um, maybe we'll get that one day. Uh, more money's on big, t- big tone there. Um, oh, yeah. but, but no, you one, think- of, one of the, one of the, one, one of the things though related to this though as well is that, is that a lot of, you hear a lot of wrestling media and podcasts and things, and they almost talk about it in terms of, okay, this deal has been done and they've, they've, you know, they've bought the network and it's dumped on Peacock. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it almost like, oh, it's there and it's just, you know, it's 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 on there and they don't care about wrestling and it's out of the way and things like that. The level of investment that they've put into this, that that is being used as a mechanism to try and drive subscribers to, you know, to to, to their product. Obviously, it's it's my it's my job, my game, like my, my game. They are going to be spending hundreds of thousands of pounds on market research to understand what people are watching, why, when they're watching it. And then, you know, they're going to be thinking about the levers that they can pull to, you know, get more people to, you know, take out their subscription related to wrestling content as well. Because ultimately they need to claw back the money that they've spent um, on bringing this to, to, to Peacock as well. So, where there are things like this that are a bit different to what would be happening in the norm, you know, there are going to be people there within within that organisation who, who who are going to be learning and understanding that you know different things like this are getting more eyes on their product. They're going to see a spike in subscriptions that you know that WWE will probably try and brush away as been WrestleMania related, but you know, the, I've, I've heard, I've seen more excitement about this Jericho interview than WrestleMania <laughs> on, on my timeline, certainly. And I'm sure that'll, you know, you know, that'll translate and things like this will get picked up in, in research and, you know, people will, will listen because ultimately they're in the, the, they're in the business of making money. They're not in the business of throwing a load of cash at WWE and then not doing something with it. They want to maximize their investment. Very true. Very true. Um, and you know, yeah, on the AW front, uh, and there's some numbers talk we should talk about there. I mean, we've got to talk about this dynamo from last week too. And you know, this is the type of show where you know, full disclosure, we're recording on a Tuesday, and you know, tomorrow's another dynamite. And often on when we do the Tuesday one, AW usually gets minimised. Don't think we can get away with that this week, lads. That's how good Dynamite was last week. There's a couple of talking points coming out of it as well. You know, we meant you mentioned before, JP, about, you know, ratings-wise, I think there's uh, been a lot of disappointment for AEW recently, and I think that pain's going to continue into this week with them going uh, head-to-head with a, a takeover um, that's going to be taking place in the place of, you know, the regular NXT TV show, as they say goodbye to Wednesdays. But that negative aspect of the story aside that maybe we can get into in a bit, Tell you what, lads, this week's this last week's dynamite. Fuck me, was that a show? Like I had, and you know me, I hate these take dynamites. So I go in with a lower expectation. You know when they've got the the SmackDown vacuum clean, not a Hoover vacuum cleaner um, going in the background whenever there's a there's there's something going on. That didn't even bother me this week. That's how good dynamite was. Talk about a feel good 
two hours of wrestling television with, you know, some bumps in the road along the way, but, you know, wall-to-wall pretty much entertaining stuff. Like, I can't remember the last time I walked, from, walked away from a TV show with that, that big a smile on my face. Like, considering the main event here was Miro and Kip Sabian against Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Possibly one of the worst feuds AEW have done, if not the worst. <laughs> You know, probably explains the 700,000 TV rating, uh, TV viewership. Um, and, you know, that segment didn't do much higher than that. Um, you know, comparing it to other main events, it's definitely a, a disappointment. So you can understand why people didn't want to watch it. I don't think I knew I wanted to watch it. And then I watched the thing and I came out like, fuck me, if AW can make this work, they can make anything work. That main event was incredible. Just absolutely incredible. All of the cameos are amazing. The end scene was amazing with fucking, you know, with pixies where has my mind playing giving the everyone giving the big thumbs up to to sue in a car like it was so fucking it was just nice wasn't it it was just when was the last time we had to the show and you were like oh i feel good i feel good about wrestling i feel happy like they don't do happy endings and yeah (laughs) aw gave us one like out of out of a few that like i say i never thought i could be invested in out of four people in a combination i didn't think i'd ever be invested in and they absolutely blew it out the park it was just an incredible way to end the tv show and you can bet pixies where's my mind's either going to be the intro and you probably heard it already or the outro to this show like that's a guarantee for me this week because good lord have i been a good in a good mood the last few days just playing that song over and over again like just awesome awesome stuff Go on, Gareth. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just looking at my notes here for it, and, and I, like, you know, just there at the end where I'm just like that four four way hug in the ring with with um, oh, Statlander, so the thumbs up to Sue with the, with with Pixies playing in the background. I've just written like lovely stuff. It just it just yeah. like it just felt great. It was just like what if it was a feeling, guy, you know, yeah. sort of thing. just you know, and, and wrestling's been devoid of genuine feeling for. for <laughs> so long you know certainly on american wrestling tv and things like that it was it, it was absolutely you know spot on and then but just just the match itself because it was one of those where yeah. when it was announced with it been based on that feud with it then based on that stipulation i was just thinking like oh, what's this bullshit gonna be kind of you know it just uh, it, it it just didn't sound like something that was you know gonna be be any good i mean it I talk about giving four stars to the Osprey match. I mean, <laughs> I've given this four stars, you know, you, yeah. you know, and it's obviously a very different I'm type of match. But, but I, just, Emotion, I, I, just, I just bloody enjoyed it so much. It was just one of those where it was just like sit back and you were just like taken along for the ride, totally invested in it, enjoyed every second, you know, throughout it. There was even just like goofy stuff in there that was you know delivered well or in a, in a in a hokey way that had the right level of nod in jokeness to it and things like that as as well that it that it made it work and um and oh yeah just 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 all in all i just i really enjoyed it and again and just uh slowly turning the corner on um on 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 Miro as well i feel like there's a there's almost like light at the end of the tunnel or something for me and you know looking at looking at this and obviously that ended ended in that feel good moment with their faces but you know Miro still looked like a fucking killer and his character in the last couple of weeks as you know the the tone of its changing and things and coming out of the back of this you can probably see that he's going to is is going to take a different route from this this point on as uh, as well so there were there was even those those nods to that but yeah god what a what a what a spot on main event 
what a piece of business yeah like i say you're right all it worked as a match as well like you say all of those moments like uh fucking again chris statlander you know come up like that could have been that could have been the stupidest thing in the world they're coming out of that you yeah. know that alien grabber machine but it was so great and like it was violent as well you know the way she pushes the glass yeah. it was just so well laid out like even you know the lego spot that's been done in indie wrestling you know over years and years but perfect perfect for the scenario they had like you say rusev looked like a killer you know, he lost that. If anything, he looked the best he's looked in AEW so far. Mm-hmm. Kip Sabian was in the match, JP, and I'm not complaining. You know, that that says everything. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, Chuck Taylor's fucking great in these types of matches, and Orange Cassidy played his role too, and it was just, yeah, everyone was fucking great. Trent making the big comeback, as well as Sue. Probably shouldn't forget Trent, you know. That was great too. Like, it's just unbelievable, really, and just every, everyone everyone played the role perfectly. It was one of those things where it shouldn't have worked, but it just did on such a such a high level. Like, yeah, I can't argue with that. Four stars, I think that's fair. I think I'll go four as well. I haven't put it in the app yet. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it felt like a piece of television because mm-hmm. it felt like it was incredibly well-directed, mm-hmm. and it was like this kind of end sequence with your heroes kind of taking on like a couple of dicks in this convoluted scene and it ends up with everybody joining in and people you didn't know weren't there suddenly turn up so like it's like the end of what could be like a a bad teen film that basically you've seen where you're like (laughs) fucking hell but it has like a good finish yeah that's at least what it has it's got this five minutes and it's just like you go oh my god yeah that's trent's mum oh jesus like as if it could be stifler's mum to like a if you're watching like an american pie film or something like that mm-hmm. so that's what that's how it made me feel it felt like watching the end of a television program that made me happy mm-hmm. and it also kind of reminded me because they used that song at the end of fight club as well um and it just made me think it's a much better of a closing song than a song to come out to so it's, you have the end you play that, that after done. the kind of Deal. epic match in the way it's done mm. then that song closing out your credits it's like you're closing out your credits with a really cool song mm. that's at least what you're doing mm. and i think one and, and i think doing that kind of really worked and like say the match itself it was like getting really positive flashbacks to the match they had with um santana and ortiz <laughs> as well mm. what <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm laughing at Tom bell's comments so <laughs> Um, I think Tony Khan is buying Sue the cars as well, but you know, she plays her role absolutely brilliantly as well. And it's, it's like the right level, like they hit for once the first time in this feud, right at the very end, the right levels of kind of geekiness to go for. Like they, the the very first time they managed to get that kind of right. Mm. And I just want this to be over with now. Miro becomes a killer. Yeah. Next week. I wonder if Trent Barrett, Trent Barrett will be getting some kind of push as well. I mean, like, God, he looks like a million fucking dollars, doesn't he? He really does. Yeah, Scott all outfit. And, and, you know, have Statlander with best friends mm-hmm. as well. Because I think it, all of that stuff ties in, like, really, really nicely. Let's just move past this feud. Yeah. Let this be the end of the kind of arcade-based stuff. Yeah. And again, it wasn't the only good stuff on the show, because, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says everything, right? That like you know, that six man's as good as it was. You know, Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid against the uh, Omega and the Good Brothers. Despite mm. despite the fact it's got um, it's got Doc Gallows in it, I gave that three point seven five stars. So that's going against everything, I believe. Um, that was great, but that was coming after. You know, again, talk about this being a hot dynamite. That was coming pretty much right after the inner circle angle. Like I was still, you know, still, still recovering from that happening. It was one of those dynamites where it was just like the layered things on layered things, and it was 
different types of things. You know, you got your happy moment at the end. You got your big, you know, six-man flippy-do match that was fucking great. You know, in the middle, you got your big heated angle with, you know, Jericho and, and the lads coming back and, you know, fuck me, did they did they do some damage to those? I don't know which which of the two FDRs it was, but the one who was bleeding from the back of his head. Like, for what was started quite a jokey segment with Jericho stood in the toilets with uh, with LIX, it, it turned into a, like a genuine like money angle as far as wrestling goes. Like before we even got to that main event, that one two of that angle, and then the match that followed it, I was like, yep, yeah, this is this is up there with the top dynamites. This is like top five dynamite territory, and I think yeah it was a top five dynamite because of you know segments like those two gareth mentioned something a, a couple of weeks ago where he said the thing about dynamite is it moves at such a pace it might even have been last week i don't know i can't tell anymore um i've got a microphone in front of me so many times i've fucking no idea what's happening <laughs> but uh like he mentioned about each segment even yeah. if you're not mad on them, it moves quickly. It's like bang, 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 bang. So when I look at like when I watched the show, it was mm. it's one of the ones where I just was able to watch it the whole way through. Mm. And seeing this angle and seeing it from the other angle that had followed earlier on, it was mm. just like, oh my god, what it gave a feeling of is that kind of like it's it's chaotic and a bit crazy and unpredictable mm. is the key word. Unpredictability. And it felt unpredictable this week's. And you're not sure what's going to go on most weeks. And I see some people complaining, like, too many factions and all the rest of it. It's like, no, people are being given something to do within this grand narrative that is AEW. And there are loads and loads of different people, and they're finding ways to get everyone involved. And here, I just thought the setup here for the blood and guts match that is. It's got to be where it's going. It's got to be where it's going. And I think it's a good thing to do. Ideally, do you save it for the pay per view? Because I think that's the kind of thing that, like, I think you'd you'd want to do mm. as much as anything else. I think you give Kenny Omega and Eddie Kingston title match to make things possibly a bit bit more interesting, mm. and then you have a blood and guts to close the show out for double or nothing. I think that's in May, isn't it? Mm. Like that. If if it's building towards that, it needed this kind of heat and a bit of bit of juice in a literal sense as well, and it gave it that. And it was just great not seeing Jericho have to talk because normally all of his segments are all kind of talking segments, and here it's just like, mm. <laughs> and then I'll be fascinated to see what he mentions on uh, on Wednesday about anything about the Steve Austin interview. I wonder if AEW plug it. That would be <laughs> fucking hilarious. Take the high ground on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, for this, one of the big things as well was it just put that aggression back into the inner circle, mm. because yeah. obviously for so long now they've just been tied up into these interview segments and a bit of comedy and things yeah. like that. There's, you know, the skirting around the stuff with the MGF stuff. They haven't really, you know, uh, there was a point where the inner circle, when they were first sort of establishing themselves as heels, they were pretty fucking vicious, some of the stuff they were doing backstage yeah. and things like that as well. They came across as really credible and aggressive, and that, that was kind of lost a bit. Whereas in this segment, it just immediately made them look like a gang of fucking hard bastards who were going to, you know, they were going to come mm. and they weren't just going to take the shit lying down from, from MJF and that. And it, they just showed that actually when it comes to the fight, they can still go when it comes to the fight as well. And it, again, is for something that, that, you know, how long this storyline has been running now and, you know, the interweaved elements of it, like it's, it, it, it brought me to another peak with it there. Whereas, you know, 
a couple of months ago, we were talking about wanting this sort of inevitable, you know, the Jericho face turn and this kind of, you know, splitting up and things for, for me. I only feel like it's, you know, they've extended it and extended it to the point where it's it's peaking now. And I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, when these two like factions just go out here in this 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 blood and guts match um, further down the line because they got this this segment was absolute money. It was fucking great. Mm. I mean, speaking of money segments, what do we make of the QC Marshall um, impression of this type of segments? Like, I, I've got thoughts. Um, <laughs> they. As far as an angle goes, that I thought that was all. You know, you, the reason I think of it is the next thing to talk about, Gareth, is like, you know, it felt like a money angle. It did. Like, you know, Cody and QT having their exhibition match was uh, whatever it was. But, like, it was a genuine surprise, you know, when, when the turn happened. And, you know, okay, I've had my complaints about the Nightmare Factory being, you know, just Cody ego and not really having much substance. But, you know, proved me wrong a little bit by, you know, I have an Aaron Solo and fucking Anthony Gogo of all people, um, you know, get over, you know, with it. And uh, what's his name? The other bloke, the big bloke. Um, Nick great look. Camarati. Nick Camarati, that's it. Yeah, him. You know, him as well. Like, they look great as a stable. That all makes sense. We got a really cool, you know, the pile driver spot with Dustin on the stage as well. Every part of me thinks that was a money angle. The problem comes when you know it's quote tweet Marshall in the in the in the driver's seat of it. Um, <laughs> I got, that, that that's where you lose me a little bit. Um, but you know, you, you, I suppose you mentioned before, JP. You know, they're giving trying to give everybody something to do, and you know, QT Marshall for me is mm-hmm. stretching the the limits of giving everyone something to do i you know me you know we have this we have this discussion a lot you know i'm the type who'll be like well why why not put ethan page in that spot why why not why you know why not why not you know i know the the answer is you know there's this inbuilt story with cody but was that really did they did they really give this the the, the legs that it, that it needed could they not have spent could cody not have calmed down for a few weeks and stayed in one feud and you know we could have developed something with someone other than QT marshall could they be in that spot instead but you know m- maybe i'm you know, being being mean on old QT, maybe maybe he still got something to mm-hmm. offer. Um, you know, it was it was a hot angle. I, I think I just think maybe my question is: is it is it wasted on QT Marsh, Marshall, um, as it were? Yeah, it for me the delivery of it, I completely agree. It was brilliant. It was. It, it was, was so good. Brilliant. It was. It, it was. was it was fantastic. And you didn't see it coming. Mm. You're like, you know, the idea of him turning heel, whatever, and then like at most maybe there being some of the trainees do this but this kind of angle in and of itself and it was the thing about the match is it kind of i i completely agree with you it's it's the qt marshall element of this of like this is what makes it so fucking weird because you put this brilliant angle together and you've just decided in casting to kind of just give it to a bloke um, not even just a bloke. <laughs> it's because he's Cody's mate. I mean, I know that's why it works yeah. in story, but that's also why it's happening. It's why he's got a job. It's why he's in this spot. Uh, yeah. But he has, like, I mean, is it not true that he helps effectively book the show along with Tony Khan? That's what Tony He is one of the voices in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. He's also responsible for training a lot of the people there. His role is a very important role in AEW. Mm. Making him an on screen character, I, I, I just don't know. Like I, 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 well, no is basically what I would be saying to. I'm being polite about it. However, it was great. I loved the angle. And if they turn him into like this guy who's just basically a brilliant trainer, and he just gets these young guys in, and they just turn into absolute 
kind of beasts and they're tearing up, I don't know, a dark and dark elevation for like a while. I'm absolutely fine with that. I thought Anthony Agogo looked like a bit of a killer. And I like the fact it was just like it was a body blow that he delivered rather than like a face punch where you'd have to pull it and it would look bad. There, it kind of just, the aesthetic of it look, looked better and they kind of built him up as being an Olympian and Olympian. And he seemed to carry himself quite mm-hmm. well. Um, mm-hmm. We're saying this because the Copper Box show that they inevitably run might have been there's, sold on Anthony Agogo's There's your big British yeah. name, you know. There's one that's, there. and, and it does make me think that's part of why he's there. It's just like, well, he's that British name. He's the person you can get onto a talk show. You yeah. Know? You can get him on the right stuff on Channel 5. And yeah. it's like, you know, he's not going to disgrace himself publicly, is he? Um, I mean, but, Sean, Sean in the chat there has just it made the point that I was just going to make purely mm. ultimately this isn't about QT I was looking at this and I was just thinking mm. look how many young or fresh faces are, are getting the you know mm. they're getting the spotlight shone on them That's as true. a result of this this angle you know at the, at the end of the day you've got the guys there who aligned themselves with QT with Agogo and Colorado and the yeah, but then you've also got Lee Johnson, obviously, who's looked good, who's going to be involved in, in, in this feud. As much as I don't, you know, I've got, I've got no real desire to, to watch them. The the gun club are involved in this as well. So it's two it's two other guys, two other fresh faces. So almost Cody and QT have been used as a, they're almost just a, of, They're a narrative of vehicle, vehicle almost to get these other guys around them, you know, and, and and give them guys TV time, give them a bit of meaning, and 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 introduce these these fresh faces whilst working with an experienced person like QT from a coaching standpoint who's going to be working with them on the matches that they presumably do as part of this feud but then also get been in the ring in, in and around Cody Rhodes as well which is obviously only going to be beneficial to them as well so until they get bored know, and I'd, fucked I'd off it, to another feud well well <laughs> exactly there's, 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 there's always that element but you know I'd, you know, I'd said here yeah, like two star match four star angle at the, at the, at the end of the day the, the match was the match was point was meaningless as a match because it was all just to to set this the, this angle off and the way it was delivered was again was 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 perfect and, and perfect on on quite a few levels yeah I, I mean that's the thing i think i was listening to wade gala talk about this and he was kind of making the argument with todd martin like is qt marshall you know yeah every, everything you do on wrestling tv you're investing time basically is what you're doing you're investing time in qt marshall his is are you going to get that one-to-one payment back for this investment of time in QT Marshall? And I think I would lean towards no. But you do convince me a little bit in that, okay, yeah, but it's not just QT Marshall who benefits. It's the other people, yeah, around him. If they stay the course and we stick this thing out. I'll be honest, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been slightly p- playful uh, about, about QT Marshall. But, like, I think the thing that stuck out to me, though, and I think this is a wider, like, discussion for AW in general... I did feel like the angle was as good as it was, as much as I loved it. Maybe a little bit too similar to the Inner Circle angle from a couple of weeks ago to do now. Mm. Like, this this strikes me as something like AEW do a lot. They do a lot of the same thing in a short cluster of time, where, like, if you had, like, a competent showrunner, if this was a regular TV show, it'd be like, well, hang on. Because this took place before they'd settled the Inner Circle stuff and the Inner Circle had came back. Like, it was like, well, why would you do a similar angle now? when you haven't resolved the other similar angle, you know, before before you do it. 
that, that I mean, that that's probably aside from the QT Marshall thing, my, my biggest complaint. I wouldn't have done it now, but then again, it made for such a great TV show that like I can forgive it. Um, but I do think there's those little narrative storytelling things that I, I do think AEW do get wrong sometimes. Um, just looking at like purely like the like the way I, I analyze a, a TV show. You know, you were talking Game of Thrones before JP, and they made some of those mistakes mm. in their in their last couple of seasons. But you know, I suppose that's the only other like complaints i could make about it again i say this is somebody who did you know really really enjoy it as a as a standalone angle yeah that's been great on me it's like i didn't i didn't draw the association like between the the, the they felt to, to me they felt distinct enough they, they would yeah the the that wasn't even anything that entered my thought process really when I when I watched it. I thought, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one man one man's opinion kind of thing. But yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like misplaced to me. It just it felt like there was sufficient differences in the reason reasonings behind it kind of thing that made it standalone. And at the end of the day, it's it's wrestling, so it's going to be aggressive. You know, there aren't that you know, many new ideas are there? And, yeah. and, and, and angles and things like that. You know, you know it's it's it's. You know, it's it's mm. it's what it is at the at the end of the day, and and uh, I thought I thought it worked more than I would have thought it would have worked on paper. Yeah, and you know what but, they do in the coming weeks is going to be the key thing. Uh, sorry, JP. I was going to say, well, you know, Game of Tones. <laughs> There's another title. And, oh, people, someone in the chat's uh, writing these down. By the way, we had a few today. <laughs> and, and basically, the way I ended up looking at this is you've got an angle that's going on by the wall, and another angle that's going on in King's Landing, and True. the two aren't interacting, even though it is kind of like similar for that. Um, yeah, and I, I, I kind of, I love the idea of the kind of new talent stuff, and I think just so much of this angle is going to be happening more or less on dark elevation and dark. So I don't think. It's gonna be something. Hey, we where talk being invested, of... JP. Like, if you were paying attention to dark, like I've seen people talk about this. You know, yeah, Anthony go on commentary, laying seats and stuff. You, you know, you're being rewarded for paying attention to even the shoulder program. Do you know? I, I watched about the the first like 45 minutes of Dark Elevation this week. And do you know that's a fucking easy program to watch. Just a shame it's not literally... 45 minutes long, isn't it? <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, why, why is it not an hour? Let the other one be 20 hours. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, I think for them, they're just desperate to get reps in. I know. For everyone. I know, yeah, like, yeah. just to try and build and develop people, it just seems to be, it's, and it's, because there's no crowd, like, mm. as well. It's just the people by the ring, like, who appear to be on ecstasy, frankly, <laughs> for the way they're reacting to some of this stuff. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched, I haven't watched one of them yet. What's the, what's um, the big show been like on commentary? I think good. Like a lot of it is him kind of going into the match, but actually weirdly a natural fit. But then he's a charismatic guy who's done acting, you know, a good few times. He's someone who kind of, he he goes a kind of a bit more like kind of technical about it than anything else. And it's just weird hearing him kind of read up on Hangman Adam Page and Bill Collier. It's yeah, just like, random indie dudes like you shouldn't know anything about. It yeah. feels weird. It's like, how are you aware of Marco's stunt? Right. that just <laughs> yeah. seems mental to me in some kind of capacity and i won't lie that's kind of a bit of a draw it's mm. just like i didn't see this mm. it's like when um do you remember that um game show i know i've mentioned this before in the spotlight that bob monkhouse presented like in the afternoons on bbc one and it would always be like a film round and bob just he fucking Monkhouse loved the film like absolutely berserk for them and he just come out with this stuff and it's like mate it's just weird hearing him come out with it <laughs> it's like Paul White talk like you know about the way that 
a, a Frankenstein and a Hurricane Rana aren't the same thing. Or, yeah, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. He's Alex Gracia, and mm. he's just like, wow, and he's talking about her, you know, her running shimmer, and it's like, were you watching that? Like, what's going on? <laughs> he's got ah, uh, he's, he's got Excalibur in the earpiece there. That's where you lose me with this combo because I do think well, like it's convincing me. But... Well, I like Shivani and Show together, but like I do feel a little bit like neither of them really knows what's going on. And I think for a nerdy promotion like AEW, you do need an Excalibur or Excalibur equivalent with one of those two. Them two feel like they almost should be the lead broadcasters doing a doing the big boy show, not doing the show with all like the indie nerds. Um, but it's more about it's it's getting show reps, isn't it? And in, in what he clearly sees as his, uh, his future career. Um, but I mean, the, the other um, veteran we should talk about uh, before we do wrap up on uh, on AEW. Mm. We do want to give time for for for, for the for the JP's mystery box. Is um, yeah, you know, I had to go with the ratings before seven hundred thousand. Or guess who was Mister Mister Captain Ratings? That'll be another nickname for him. Coming to the save, <laughs> uh, Christian Cage and Frankie Gazarian uh, in the eight hundred thousand range was the highest. Uh, rated thing on the show there you go the man's a draw came out opened Cars. the show yeah Kaz what a draw uh, Mega always said that about him even even back to the days when he's in bad influence with Chris Daniels just deserved the shot he's damn right not to get there cut back in the day yeah when he was on velocity and stuff yeah you know Vin, Vince another one Vince got wrong JP typical um, oh, yeah. but no uh, Christian did come in and create some interest didn't create any from me like i'm maybe it's a hill i'm just willing to die on it like i i saw people raving about this opener match it was a three-star match to me with a with a with a half potish finish maybe it's a 3.25 star match if i wasn't you know so bitter about christian um, but you know people liked it I, I i get i get what people liked about it that it was you know a different style to what we've seen mm. on AEW TV in general you know christian cage is going to give you that veteran kind of you know the way he builds his matches is different than what a lot of the the indie adjacent guys in AEW are going to give. Yeah, doesn't particularly float my boat, but clearly, you know, this resonated with a lot of people. I think it did particularly well on the app, Gareth, and did well in the ratings as well. So I don't know, maybe I'm maybe on the wrong side of this uh, this Christian Cage war. Um, I'm not giving up on Edge though. I've got things to say about Edge in a minute when we get to SmackDown, but yeah, um, probably went as well as it could, well as it could have. I think is uh, his introduction uh, to AEW here. Yeah, I mean, you say it's doing doing all right on the app. It's like a three and a half average on the app, which, again, for a uh, for a TV match, has to be good. I mean, I, I was in the same boat, boat as you, Ben. It was a it was a three star match to me, and I think the end, the, the finish just touched it up to three point two five. I ended up going going in the end. So you know, it was a it was a good solid enough match. I think there was just it things in there that was just great. Now grating on me though it was like the this is awesome chance that quite early in the match that were i was just like that was that was a big turn off and then jr's there on commentary going going like this has been a clinic and i was like oh fuck off you know like jr's there trying to sell it hard and things you know things like that but i mean it was a if it's uh if it's spiked the ratings then you know, mm. maybe we're maybe we're wrong. We'll we'll see how he does in the ratings over um, you know four weeks, eight weeks, and things like that before we take a take a judgment. But yeah, as far as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm very much in the same camp as you on on this one, and it didn't generate any excitement at, at all for me. In fact, I you know I was saying it jokingly, but. I, I enjoyed Kazarian more in this match, significantly more in this match. I quite, I quite enjoyed seeing Kazarian get the uh, get the uh, time to work in the way that he did mm. in a singles match, and he, 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 he came came across well for me. But yeah, it was uh, it was what it was. You know, Good luck, it, was a, it, was, it was a fine match. 
Well, you're on you're on my side on this one. Um, but I, you know, I, you know, Sean says in the chat, you know, he, he enjoyed the match, and it's not a popular d- opinion. I think it probably is a popular opinion. I think most people yeah. they might not even argue with us on the star rating. To be honest, that people might say, you know, it's a three point two five star match, but that's what it was designed to be. And it was just very yeah well worked for that style of match. There you go, go on, JP, to, to fight that corner, def- defend them. Uh, well, you, you love Christian. I went three point two five on it. Big TNA oh, guy. This is a TNA. If I've ever seen a TNA match, mate. Right. Going. This is awesome. At uh, Christian Cage and and Kazarian yeah. exchanging holds. So that's that's TNA if I ever heard it, mate. It really is, isn't it? And I, I just kind of wished when he'd come in, he'd been like, "Look, I haven't wrestled for a really long time. I need to build my way up through the card. I need to have some matches in order for him to get some reps in." Mm. And instead, they put him in there with the kind of Kenny Omega stuff and fucking day one, which kind of felt ridiculous and then coming to this it's almost like that other stuff hasn't really happened they've sort of moved very much away from it it was a a fine television match to open up an american wrestling television show like that's really what it was high praise yeah i like and it was fine and on wwe it would look amazing it's just on here you're getting so much other different stuff like you with the six man and the rest of it and and obviously the main event you've got you've got this other stuff happening kind of throughout the show so this was something that just kind of was more just meant to be a bit normal Hmm. and yeah like like the finish but yeah the the kind of this is awesome stuff i i I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's it's yeah. But we talked about I it as know. a variety I, I, show. I, I, really like, yeah, and that's what it is. It's, mm. it's like if wrestling is a variety show, and they throw a, a lot of things at you during a show. If you think of all the different segments and storylines you're trying to keep up to date with, and we're watching this weekly, it's doing a good job at least of letting me know what's going on. I don't feel like it's moving at kind of like the wrong pace overall. I think it's moving at the, at the, at the generally the right pace as a show. And a match like this is fine to be on there. It, it's not like it overstays. It's welcome, but I'm not no. going to lose the plot about it either. Yeah. And you know, to, I mean, to that point, like scared to the round it a couple of times. I mean, interested in your take Gareth, you know, we talked about it on the weekend show on Friday, the ratings here, like there is, there's definitely a story there, you know, 700,000 odd for, for a dynamite this good following more dynamites. This good is concerning, but maybe not surprising considering the, the chances AW are taking, you know, that they took a chance the week before with, um, with putting Darby Allen and John Silver in a main event and, Overall, it worked out, even if, you know, it was a low rating overall. That segment did well. This week, they took a chance again with, as we said, fucking incredible main event. That, But a main event that you probably wouldn't have predicted to be incredible. So you can understand why, it, you know, it, wasn't, it clearly wasn't the lowest rated thing on the show. But it's not like it particularly helped either. It was just above the 700,000 range. Um, yeah, I think my takeaway mainly is... is you know, stay the course, AW. I know, you know, Sean's mentioned there that they're bringing Tyson back on Wednesday. I wonder if that's a that's a bit of a panic move. I don't know. They're, they're going up against the takeover. Just, Listen, they're going to get killed. They're going to get killed mm. on Wednesday. It's happening. But I would say stay the course. You stick stick with it. I think this good product is going to come good eventually. And a couple of weeks, it's going to be a different world anyway. They're going to be a different night than NXT. And like we said last week, who knows what what that what that leads us to. Just what I, just what wrestling needs right now, a convicted rapist to come in, <laughs> you know. Yep. Here he comes. <laughs> Big, yeah. I am Mike. Yeah. yeah. For the second time. And the last time he, he nearly fell asleep. No, the third time. Oh. First time he came in with that bloke in the weird fucking t-shirt and the face paint. Brings on. him back. Like he, 
you know, that, 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 oh. might, that might draw a rating. <laughs> he just looked like he'd come back from a stag do in Magaluf or something, I don't know. And he just wandered onto a set of a show with Mike Tyson. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. It, mm. It's, I don't know what they're going to do with this. I'm not, I, I'm fearing that Cody Rhodes will somehow be involved. <laughs> knowing him <laughs> in the minute, cause he needs another few to be getting on with. Fuck it, let's throw Mike Tyson into the mix. Get Shaquille O'Neal back and he just fights celebrities and his own trainees as part That's of his cool, Rhodes actually. to the Top. You know what I mean? It's part of his Rhodes to the Top reality show, isn't it? Mm. There you go, yeah. Maybe that'll work. Um... Gets attacked by Charles Barkley on the way home. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I hope that's not the sign of a panic move. I, I do hope. Yeah, you know, obviously the show's been great, so I know we sound like you know fanboys, but you you want a good wrestling show to be rewarded with. You know, you don't want them to be like, oh fuck it, right? We've got to go with Big Show and Christian on top. Then that's it. We need to sort these ratings mm. out, lads. I can't imagine that happening in a world with AEW. I, I do. I I genuinely do think that they're doing all the right things, um, and hopefully, hopefully, it will uh, it will come good eventually. Um, I think it's one of these where, like, uh, you know, I don't think that it's not like they're looking at it week to week anyway. You know, yeah, they're, they're overall look, look at it. They're looking at monthly trends and things. And if we suddenly get into the realms that it's seven hundred every week, then maybe the you know then there will start to be a bit bit of panic. But you know, it, it's that fluctuation, isn't it? It can be ten percent up, ten percent down from any given week. From that, you know, there's almost that seven hundred and seventy thousand kind of core base really that you know sure. probably if you draw a straight line through it it probably it, it probably sits at that level and it you know it can probably go up by 100k either, either way really from from one one week to the one week to the, the next you know and, and and peak out with some some other things but yeah i think uh nothing to be uh, nothing to be panicking about just yet i don't think no definitely not um and yeah i think you know again you know nxt is moving off the night I actually, because I was doing True Heel Heat on Saturday, I actually found myself watching NXT this week, lads. Uh, reminded me why I don't watch NXT every week. Um, <laughs> NXT is, you know, the the the, the Dexter Loomis show. I'm not, I'm just not interested. I, I got like I got halfway through the opening match, which had um, Roddy Strong against uh, Tomato Chomper, and they uh, they they did a spot where uh, where Roddy Strong found a um that was what it was he pulled out at um you know the way they've got the undisputed air like armbands type of thing and he picked it up off the floor and couldn't believe it it gave him flashbacks to the time that he was in the undisputed era led to the distraction and led to the finish and i was like you know what i'm watching i'm watching fucking raw is what i'm watching that's why i don't watch nxt week to week and that's the sum total of my nxt take 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 takeaways from watching that show though piling a load of fucking um angles together for for the upcoming takeover and People get excited about it still, but I can't. Like, I, it reminded me why. I mean, last week, you know, I, I joked about it. We have barely anything to talk about on the show. You know, we end up going an hour on 2000's internet, um, and none of us even considered the fact that, you know, we're on the way to a takeover here. Maybe we should watch NXT's TV show. Um, I can tell you, lads, you, you weren't missing. Weren't missing anything uh, from that. Oh, I, I just for this week only i'll watch it but like i i just can't bring myself to watch it mm. i've no interest i read the results and that feels like a chore mm. and that's a terrible thing to say me scrolling through nxt results going what's this mm. some it, there's a bit of supernatural shit in there like i'm not interested in carrying cross i'm not like it it, it feels just so stale and it, i don't know it, it 
looking at these cards, it's not really anything to get kind of excited by, by what is that amazing match going to be? Mm. Maybe uh, Walter, Tommaso Ciampa and a yeah. ladder match. And I just realised I said Ciampa was in that opening match. Uh, he wasn't. I just got confused between generic NXT guys. It was Cameron Grimes, but who cares? Um, you know, Tyler he Breeze did a funny music video with him <laughs> making a lot of money. Oh yeah, there was that. Yeah, Tyler Breeze was on this show, lads. Like that, he's still, he's still, he's still what? a thing. He exists. Yeah, he was in against them. Oh, Mike, Mike, uh, what's uh, it called? I, 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 I remember Santos when Expo. I was, I was in. I remember when I was putting this into the app. And mm. I read it as Tyler Bate, and I was like, "What? They're actually doing something with Tyler Bate?" And I was like, "Oh no, they're like did, did the take?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's Tyler Breeze." Like, no. Of course, they're not doing anything with Tyler Bate. No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, he was in there with Santos Escobar, who is somebody I do like. You know, he's got a, he's got, mm. you know, he's got a lot of that that charisma and style that like early on Drade uh, in NXT. So I kind of got some some enjoyment out of that. Some of the you know the women stuff on the show is you know the other. A uh, couple of you know segments on there, you know, building towards the uh, the uh, Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez stuff that was probably the most interesting stuff on the show. But yeah, the end of the end of it with a battle royal that was won by your favorite uh, JP LA Knight. Um, yeah, he's. Uh, I feel like he's uh, he's winning that. Uh, we'll we'll talk predictions tomorrow, but I think he's going over in that uh, <laughs> in that multi on takeover. Yeah, TNA legend mate that uh, yeah that never was. He lost his debut match the week before. Yeah, to Bronson Reed. Mm. I don't know why I remember that fact. That's a <laughs> completely useless fact that will never serve me any purpose in life. But daily updates, mate. Daily updates. Daily updates, mate. It's, this stuff sticks in there after a while, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I, I feel completely uninspired by it. Even when looking at the graphics, putting the video together, I was like, fuck it, hell. Mm-hmm. Like, this, a- is, this is pretty lame stuff. And there isn't like there's some big indie star that they can raid to put into NXT. To LA Knight, mate, that's the guy. That's why he's there. He wasn't even the NWA champion. He <laughs> I forget even, he was an NWA, yeah. He, was, he wasn't even the television champion. I don't even... <laughs> I'm not sure if he was Impact champion. Probably mm. was, actually. That was, nah, he might well have been once. Mm. Yeah. Is, is, is this where they're going, though? Like, Eli Drake and Killer Cross on top, basically. That's, like, what, that's the yeah, promotion right. right now. That's what NXT is. Jeez. So, Jesus yeah. Christ. It'd be Jordan Oliver next. Beauty Marshall, mate. That's his next stop. <laughs> After this Cody feud's finished. He's, he's the big indie star you bring in next. <laughs> he'd fit perfectly. <laughs> You know what? I might like him then. <laughs> That's what they should do. Uh, but yeah, again, I only watched it because the other segments on True Elite really say what was the best show this week on the Wednesday at AW or NXT. So I wanted to be, you know, I wanted my journalistic uh, integrity to uh, to stand up there and believe it or not, AW was the better show, everyone. Um, so yeah, uh, that's a thing I watched this week. But uh, JP, uh, more to the point, you've been a busy man this week and uh, tell us you uh, you watched mm. some, uh, you promised it on the weekend show on Friday you were going to uh, watch some stardom. Um, and yeah, you've uh, I believe you've uh, you've committed to the bit, and uh, believe uh, as well as the big news coming out of uh, of B Priestley um, leaving Stardom. Yes. There was also yeah, uh, I believe three was there, um, particularly strong matches. Just having a little look on uh, on Grapple here, good, uh, good ratings for uh, yep. for the show again. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the second like kind of rock solid top three matches of a Stardom show that I've seen in the uh, in the last month. Lads, it's fucking great. Like, I don't know what it is. All right, there's stuff about the presentation, okay, that I just think is not for me. Like, it's kind of very loud and very garish, and it's, mm. it's, that's kind of not not really me. However, once it gets in the ring, there is, like, a complete believability 
to everything you're seeing going on. Mm. And you just think, this is really fucking good. People are nailing moves. The, the reversals appear to work. And I don't know if that's anything to do with size differential. But, like, ultimately, it's it's just, like, the matches themselves have these kind of... You, you're thinking back to New Japan. This feels kind of a lot more um, New Japan than mm. anything else in its own weird way. Um, so the top three matches that they they had on that, I mean, the one I'll go to is the B Priestley one, because I'm sure that's the one that most people are interested in. I went four stars in it. It's up against Itami Hayashishita, mm. who is in, in her third year in wrestling. And she's a fucking prodigy. Like, she's brilliant. Like, seriously good. Like, in all aspects. So I was just thinking that, like, you know, her selling was great. Her facials, her moveset is really good. And I think this is the thing about this is the movesets that they that they have and the matches that I saw, mm. like, all kind of generally very different, but all at the same time, like, kind of not nothing too over the top. They're more interested in kind of harder strike exchanges and kind of like sort of nastiness. So this had like this is the best I've seen B Priestley in in a in a match as well. And there was no kind of hint of her leaving until the kind of post match stuff during it. But like you don't want the match to kind of get lost. I mean, it was just like it's something. It's been a f- I did a little bit of reading up on it, and it was a few that they've been building to uh, for a while. This is the the sort of secondary title, the world of stardom title yeah there's a lot going on with titles i don't quite get what's going on Mm. there's like four singles fucking titles there but it was it was really good i was buying on the near falls and i knew she was she left three days ago from when (laughs) i'd actually watched it that says a lot like like i kind of really just bought bought into the match hook line and sinker um and yeah in the post-match promo she just kind of breaks down Right. And she just says she's leaving Japan. And it, it's very much like she calls out uh, Momo Watanabe and, and they all have kind of a group hug in the middle. And it's it's it's, it's like, oh, okay. It just felt like a kind of really big moment. Um, Where do you yeah, think she's going? I'd, like, I think the rumor right now is NXT UK, which... NXT UK. That's odd, isn't it? Like, it, Will's staying in Japan yeah. and she's coming back to the UK to do NXT UK. Like, if it was AEW, I'd probably understand, but... That's odd, isn't it? Like I know Stardom's a grind, you know, as we all saw from you know the documentary mm-hmm. and and all of that. But I don't know. Is NXT UK a better living? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she's second Japan. If they really want her, they've got the money to offer her that. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, you just think, okay, that's the nature of wrestling, isn't it? And mm-hmm. you know, you don't always travel around necessarily with your partner. For a lot of it, you don't get a chance to do that. So it might be a case of just coming back to the UK. I don't could be a whole variety of kind of personal reasons into it, but it does seem like NXT UK is the place that they're going to go for it and make that kind of big impression. I know Dave Meltzer was saying it's definitely not AEW, and I don't know if you know, I think he's got some decent sources there. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go too far. Oh, well, oh, it depends. It. <laughs> depends which um, company it is, but <laughs> with I, AEW, I, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, I say I went four stars. I actually went 4.25 uh, oh, okay. on that. Um, I also went 4.25, close to four and a half for Tam Nakano versus Natsupoi, um, who's the high speed champion. She's not on speed. She might be. I don't know. She's hiding it very well. If she is. But like at the same time, it was like, you know, just like generally, generally really quick. And they'd set up a, a story of they were like the Tam Nakano story from what I gain of it. And this is someone who kind of has only 
dived into this stuff really recently is someone who's never been seen as kind of being ready for that kind of top spot but she's just sort of clawed and grinded her way there mm. and now she's on the top spot it's like well i don't really think that you you're going to be good enough and she's kind of showing that she's hard enough and this first one was like a kind of classic setup match where it's someone she who was like four you know former friends now rivals and they kick the shit out of each other during this like when they had their bullying segments the points where they're like and they kind of end up mirroring each other and how they treat each other so there'd just be a point where they'd just be doing the thing where they're like kind of gently kicking them with the face just to kind of piss them off mm. and it's just like really um like kind of really good stiff offense again it's the thing i enjoy about it is it's harder hitting than new japan like it really is um and there was a Boston crab spot. Like, I swear to Christ, I thought you are going to fucking damage her spine. Cause that's the kind of stuff you do when you're kids, when you <laughs> put a Boston crab on your mate. I've been there. And suddenly his, his fucking feet are tickling his ears. Like, <laughs> you know, you've pulled them back that far. Like, this is something else. Um, yeah. And like, they did bits where they poured water over each other's heads when they had them tied up in there in the ropes. And they just like beat the shit out of each other. And it's like a good straight jacket German. And like the reversals, just the reversals, just to go into just really believable. So they didn't have these protracted kind of reversal sequences mm. just because of how like generally small some of them are. Mm. It makes sense to be able to move out of the move out of moves quicker. So it's, I don't want to say it's a different style, but it's one of the first times where I've seen a women's promotion where the it's not just a clone of something else that you would see. It's just, you know, it feels like it's a different start. It feels like watching kind of when you see women's fights in UFC or in MMA in general, because they are very different because the size differentials aren't, aren't generally as big. And I think here it plays into it. It played into it really well. Um, and even in some ways into the main event um, and Tam Nakano ended up retaining into the main event, which was, um, set up it was the goddesses of stardom so the tag belts and it was donna del mundo like it was basically donna del mundo versus donna del mundo um as much as from what i could gain on the story so they're all part of the same stable julia i spoke about had a head shape came back with a kind of new look where just kind of wearing combats basically it's like she's gone down to camden town circa sort of 98 or something (laughs) um and yeah but you know what it was it was really good and really good fun. And it just never stopped. Like it was 25 minutes. And I started to cry. It was just a breeze, absolute breeze going through this. Um, they had one of uh, the wrestlers, it was uh, Himika and Maker. And Himika is just like the kind of like a, a giant, they call her the Jumbo Princess, which is, you know, doesn't seem very nice, frankly, but she seems all right with the deal so who the fuck am i to complain and she had like both of them up for a double torture rack as well and even though at times she's just that little bit more cumbersome than micah it was it it was really just really really good and again you know no one holding back and kind of laying it in julia's a fucking star and in the end they ended up winning the 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 tag belts and and by the end like things like the kickouts they're like barely raising a shoulder shoulder to show how kind of fucked they are by the end. And I, I just, I like those, I, I don't know, tell me, like as, as someone who loves tag team wrestling, I always like the idea 
that that while well, one of the tags going for the pin, the other one is fucking doing the absolute utmost to hold the other person on the outside. And they were really fighting for it at times, rather than being lazy. And that other person dives onto them. And you see those tropes so many times. It's like, no, you're not coming in. I'm holding you back through these ropes. I went four stars on that main event. Mm. I'm going to keep on watching this. Certainly the big shows. I can't keep up to it with like every kind of show they do. But do you know what? It's delivering for me on a level that a lot of other wrestling companies aren't. And what I'm actually getting is some great matches. Like, doing on- a lot of the other stuff mm. I, I don't get. And there's the uh, kind of idle culture business. And I'll always say this as well. That stardom documentary that Damon Abrams did, that kind of really stuck with me. There were like elements of that that kind of really made you wonder. But I don't know. It's profitable for Bushy Road. It feels like it's, uh, I don't know what they did live attendance-wise, but it's a big enough arena that they're running. They've got people who are kind of like 21, 22, 23, who look like fucking stars now. I don't know what they're doing in the training, but they're just coming out brilliant. Like absolutely, like the main events deliver for me, and these are two shows where like someone like Maya Iwatani is not focused out at the top, and she's their fucking ace. So like, it does make you wonder. Now there's always the possibility of some sort of raid from WWE. Like you wouldn't say that, but if Bushi Roads, you know, they're using this stardom money to kind of shore up basically some of the overall losses that they've had from New Japan as well. And there comes a point where it's just like you look at the two promotions and you looked how they're booked and you think one of them's getting it right and the other one is getting it very wrong at the moment. It's like on what's happening and they're running a lot more shows, stardom these days. Like the, these pay-per-views are kind of not meant to be happening all the time. and They're running a lot more of them just to test the walls of how many fans they have. Do you know if they keep on fucking delivering good shows, and good matches, they're going to, you'd imagine they're going to do all right. How did um how, how did it do on Grapple Gareth? Like, is it like a you know there are a lot of people rating it because like one thing we talked about on Friday, JP, before this show was like the you know the Observer mm. addict. You know, he mentioned earlier. You know, we said it's New Japan following not falling, not Bushi Road because Bushi Road's like you know we say they only you know their losses were what twenty twenty percent year on year for last year, mm. and a lot of that as Meltzer put together was basically that Starvin's been more profitable than they ever expected you know pay-per-view numbers have been good and mm-hmm. you know all, all in all it's been a bit of a, a money spinner um for them like is it is it reflected in, like is it a relatively like highly reviewed thing on uh, on grapple uh, this last week it, it can be i mean that that most recent show i think i only stuck it on there this morning or like yesterday you know so sometimes you know you look at it and the numbers is, might have a bit more to do with me than <laughs> anything else. How soon, how soon after the show's happened that I actually get it up there. But um, no, it, it definitely performs better than, you know, I, I'd expect it to, to do um, on, on the app. And, you know, I think when the, you know, a lot of the shows, you're sort of seeing numbers there that are, you know, can go higher than what you may be seeing on a regular basis for like NXT TV, which is pretty wild, really, to think that, you know, and obviously the grapple audience is hardcore wrestling fans. And then you think of the number of, you know, indie wrestlers and things like that that are they're accessible on your TV every week to watch on NXT um, TV. And yet, you know, on a, you know, given events, you know, more people might be rating stardom than are rating, mm-hmm. you know, NXT on a weekly basis. It's pretty, pretty wild. And then I think when you do get, a, you know, you do get a match that gets significant level of buzz, you know, you're getting, you know, you're going over a hundred people rating it, which again, 
you know, might not sound a lot, but for a, you know, you're, you're very much talking about a niche within a niche within a niche at this point with with stardom, and it just shows that you know people you know are giving it a go and they you know will watch it. And I think something that all, that seems to consistently pop out for me is just the quality. And although it's not something that I've en- you know I've ended up jumping into and watching myself, the volume of matches here that end up in you know over you know, four star on average, you know, certainly at that top end as well, you know, the ratings that they get are, you know, consistently strong. And, you know, it's like JP says there, it's a lot of the, you know, the, the, the same, the same names that end up getting featured in those, in those slots, but the, you know, there's clearly that level of consistency. I, I know for when I was looking at the numbers last year, there was a point where I was thinking, um, um, Mayu Iwatani was going to finish as like the wrestler of the year, probably based on match ratings, you know, and she probably ended up maybe about like fourth, I think, overall, you know, looking at looking at average average ratings. But again, it just shows the uh, quality that's there. And yeah, you've done a good sell job on me there, JB, though, describing it as well, because I probably, you know, again, maybe take it on face value. And, and but actually when you're talking there about like the level of, you know, hard hitting and the fact that it's different. And I think certainly that um, parallel that you drew to the UFC there as well and how, you know, women's fights are different to men's fights in the UFC is something as well. I, I've always I've always found women's fights in UFC to be really entertaining on that basis yeah. that they are a bit different and stylistically and, you know, you, you know, they're a totally different kettle of fish and things. And, you know, you know, from my more mainstream um, women's wrestling, you know, I, you know, I, I, I get a lot out of the say like the women's matches in AW and things like that. There have been highlights of the show for me. There have been things that have turned me on to you know like Impact last year and things like that as well. So I probably should um, at some point take this uh, take this leap in and do a bit of a bit of a start and catch up. But we'll uh, we'll we'll see on that. Maybe see Benno involved. Mad. See, I promised JP on Friday on I would, and then WH didn't. Uh, wasn't able to make the show, so. I wasn't scared anymore, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> That's basically the story of my weekend. No, honestly, honestly, if I'd have had time today, JP, I would have watched those last three matches that you recommended. And you was too busy watching SmackDown. It was a big show on Friday, mate. I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, what, what, what happened on it? You don't need one. Edge looked 87 billion years old is, is all you really need to know. Fuck me. Like, <laughs> Did you see that comparison tweet I put up where it's like him with the short hair and then like, him now? He was cutting this promo to the camera on SmackDown where he must have looked a fucking... It, like I say, about 800. It was unreal. <laughs> so bad. It is very much like your man at the end of Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, isn't it? He's, oh, he chose poorly. Robbie Brookside, you always use as the as the comparison. Like that's being charitable at this point. Like <laughs> awful. But yeah, yeah, that was about it. Really, they did um, a decent job of uh, building him Reigns and and Brian. You know, they they basically cast there just the tweener now, which is the the role he, he needs to be in. He's going to get booed out the building on a pay per view. Roman Reigns will get cheered. That's SmackDown. <laughs> Still selling tickets, though, aren't they? I noticed that they had like Cesaro oh. doing a big push on it. Like um, he was tweeting some stuff out yesterday with like the the links to the uh, links to sell tickets. I was thinking, <clears throat> God, WrestleMania with like a limit, you know, limit limited crowd. Uh, I, I thought. <laughs> They'll they'll sell whatever tickets they've got available, no problem. But yeah, still, still having to do a bit of a push on it. Like now, it's yeah. interesting to see what it what it looks like on the day. No fly-ins, you know. Let's see how many tickets Bad Bunny can sell, or what's he called? Um, oh, what's he called? Logan Paul. Logan Paul. Yeah, he was all right. You yeah. know, he was okay. He he, he fit into. He's a great heel. 
Mm. He's a great, great. He's a heel who draws money, frankly, on his fights. I expect that to do surprisingly good business. Him and Ben Askren. Well, um, but yeah, and he and he's some. I was talking to my sons about this, and they're very aware because they're very aware <laughs> of the KSI stuff. I know we spoke about this before, didn't we, on, on the on the weekend preview? Mm. But yeah, he, he he's someone who. But they've kind of hot shotted him into this. I'll be fascinated to see if they don't. Well, but they've been announcing over twenty five thousand because they'll be saying they're beating the Super Bowl, regardless if there's fucking fifty people there. They'll be saying that there's more than twenty five thousand. They'll just digitise them in like the birds that mm. they did on somebody's entrance as well, oh, which gosh, I saw yeah. a clip of. And I just thought, oh my, that's one of the worst things is when they started doing those graphics, mm. like those things that Asker's mask is a lot to fucking answer for frankly um like because ever since i've been doing that it's just awful um yeah it, it's the fact they're still selling t- they're still selling at those stupid prices is that mm. right like kind of two grand a ticket and stuff like that yep why would you why would you what risk your life one of, for wrestlemania <laughs> the main event for one of the nights headlined impact pay-per-views at <laughs> the time when they were on their arse even their curtain jerk and now <laughs> Drew's coming out first because oh. he wants the he wants the big pop. Oh, I said, oh, okay, all right, they're doing that. <laughs> Poor Drew can't get his they moment, won't... Gareth. Poor fella, I'm sure you feel terrible well, for him. I will say this is part of the intrigue: is we haven't seen how people are going to react to stuff for this. So I expect people to react really big in ways that we won't expect. So they'll react really big for entrances, mm. and then matches will happen, and they'll just sort of go to sleep. Like, I don't expect there to be, like, a kind of rabid crowd up for it all night. But then it is Florida, and that place is mental. So, Christ knows. Uh, yeah. Like I say, smacked I, I, did, re- oh, I, did, I did read some. I did read someone uh, saying yeah. on, that, on that basis with the um, with the entrances, the first person out will be, like, Shane or Stephanie. Triple H, mate. To get, the, to, to, get that big, to get that big pop. <laughs> first, first person out. Apparently Hunter <laughs> so, turned down a match with AJ Styles. Apparently AJ Styles was politicking for a match with Triple H. I can't believe he turned the opportunity down. Even to go out there and just get, you say, get that pop and go home. Like, that's, that feels so, so Triple H. I, I got it wrong, by the way. Jake Paul's fighting Ben Askren. Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bigger brother. Same well, thing. I think I made that mistake when we were talking it on uh, on Drew Elite on Saturday. Um, I'll be on. You know what, Logan Paul? Like genuinely, like I, I made the tweet. Like it was half joking. Like he walked out looking like an ASOS model with like a baggy sweatshirt and a pair of skinny jeans. But he just looked like a normal contemporary human being, and it shocked me. Like what seeing him on a WWE product? Oh yeah, that's what normal people look like. You know, <laughs> that's what someone who's like. You know the, the the kids are into who's like relevant and current would dress like and would look like. Uh, you don't get that on WWE TV. Um, yeah, well, I, well I, it's, I it's, it seems it seems weird to me that they've got the likes of him and obviously yeah. Bad Bunny that seem to be popular with these these people who who do uh, again. Obviously not, not, <laughs> not, not, with, not with us, Maybe Alex. Thing, but yeah, with, 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 with younger audiences, seem like they are people who've got a bit of like buzz and a bit a good bit of like. You know, you know the finger on the pulse. Whereas AW were rolling out fucking Mike Tyson. You know, it seems, it seems a bit odd here that you know mm. that, that it's that it's that way around. It feels totally bizarre to me that WWE have got their finger on the pulse in some way. Yeah, Somebody's seems- been a good hire internally. Clearly, <laughs> KSI Somebody- is a much better hire than, than Tyson. Frankly, there you go. Yeah, He's AW. 
Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed, though. Eh? But um, yeah, I didn't learn much else from my my foray into uh, into WWE program, and I did have that little run of watching SmackDown every week, and I haven't watched it for a few weeks. This was a better episode than I believe you've had the last few weeks, but still not best thing on the show. Sounds like Sam- you've been trying crystal meth. <laughs> Look, I'm 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 a journalist, JP. I'm a professional. Um, but yeah, that. <laughs> The, the the biggest positive was Sami Zayn. I find them highly, ent- I do find them very entertaining doing this conspiracy yeah. nonsense. Can't really, you know, it's crazy that I'm not interested in Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at a WrestleMania. You know, Kevin Steen versus El Generico has happened at a WrestleMania, and I'm not particularly asked. Um, and I'm not really asked. People are complaining that Logan Paul's ruining it for them or whatever. I, I mean, I don't think that match is even sacred anymore, so I don't think it matters. But I will be honest, you know, yeah, Logan Paul and, and Sami Zayn were probably the most interesting things on the show for me um, but yeah how long then, did it feel like when you were watching it do you were you just watching it going i i don't even i just don't know what's happening <laughs> honestly yeah i feel i feel i feel like that with the btv i i like literally last night i was like it's wrestlemania week i was up late raw started at one put it on for five minutes and turned it off i realized what like smackdown is actually relatively is a watchable bad tv show Raw is an unwatchable bad tv show it, it is like but they had a, the other segment with um uh, with uh, with Drew McIntyre and um, what you call it? who's he facing? Um, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Sorry, I couldn't remember the name for some reason. Bobby Lashley. The TNA main event, as, as you said there, JP. Like they actually had a good back and forth promo. Baron Corbin then walked out, and I was like, if anything sums up WWE television from the last five years, it's Baron Corbin walking out in a right. suit. Like I, I was, I turned it off at that point. I was like, I'm not watching three hours of this, even as a background thing, while I do some other stuff. Not happening. Yeah. So. I said that as an April Fool's joke being added to it. Like, <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, I don't, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? No. They do that. No, no, you believe anything with this company, but no, we give it given them enough time. We'll mention it a little bit more yeah. in the weekend preview tomorrow. But yeah, I did not feel the uh, the WrestleMania buzz in any way. And you know, we talked ratings with AEW before. The WWE ratings aren't really showing much of a WrestleMania buzz either. They're they're up, don't get me wrong, but like you know, not to the uh, the heights that you'd expect from a WrestleMania season. It does not feel like WrestleMania season. But bigger than WrestleMania, and the uh, I think the last thing we've uh, we've got to talk about today, JP, it's uh, something we both watched this week. Bit of a bit of the old uh, Major League. I feel like this is a this is this is a recurring segment now on the show, JP. I feel like we should have music for it, like maybe the old Lucha <laughs> Underground. Blah, blah, blah or something like that before we talk <laughs> yeah. uh, MLW it's uh, maybe I'll sort that and post it's it's MLW section JP let's let's see if we last more than two minutes than we have, I've never got to I've, I've, I've done my bit I've been, I've been watching it while oh, we were shit. talking oh, oh, oh good I, I, okay yeah there you yeah. go good lad, yeah. good lad I've, I've, been, I've been watching it on silence while we've been doing this show did you watch the actual show <laughs> or the underground shit that they're putting on YouTube this week is it the actual one uh, no I watched the uh, I watched the the full show, the uh, oh, Jacob Fatu Tankman show. Yeah. Oh, there you go, there you go. <laughs> See, JP, we always, you know, we say we don't do our own work. We're, we're here with you, mate. It was your, it's your big week, so we didn't want to let you down. Hey, I'm, I'm, what did you make of it, of, of the real show, of the the real big Easter show, Gareth? Were you buzzing? Oh, old Tavares uh, old been on some of that Rick Martel 1988 gas, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he was bursting out of his skin. God. It's incredible, isn't it? It really is. What do you think of Injustice versus ISIS then? As a, as a <laughs> I said in the pre-show, like I, I find it for, like I can't watch the show now without you, without you in my ear going, it's fucking ISIS. Like it's, right. that's exactly what the fact that fucking video. poor Davari has been has been thrown into another angle of uh, of this mm. type. Poor fella. 
typecast. Um, yeah, that was the show, wasn't it? It was like all three of the matches were were those stables against each other. Is that the uh, was that the game yeah. taping? Tankman's yeah. kind of I know he's officially joined Injustice, and mm. they're wonderfully hooky Eminem ripoff as well. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. I think it's actually the song. I think it's the instrumental. Yeah. Um, uh, cool, Bauer. It doesn't give a fuck from it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of intrigued to see what Gareth's got to say about it. He sat down and, well, he wouldn't have heard anything. So there's a lot of stuff in it that kind of would. The Stephen New adverts, even. I'm not mentioning any of the matches. <laughs> but there's all these kind of. See, he's throwing it on us, Gareth, because he's clearly it. got nothing to say here. Like, he knows uh, there's, there's nothing to say. All right. I, no. Okay. All right, if you want me to, then I'll fucking do it. <laughs> In terms of that main event, I I enjoyed it. Like it was ten minutes of sort of big, agile fucking blokes throwing them around, doing some quite frankly silly stuff at times. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it. Fatu's moonsault looks fucking great when he does it right. Although I did remember him doing it early on in his MLW run and he just missed everyone in the ring, just went past <laughs> them. So he had to go up and do it again. Um, yeah, the flag stuff was bollocks, but by MLW standards, that's like quite sedate, I think. It's like an easy way of keeping sort of Tankman kind of over. Protect the first two it. matches were, were absolutely... Well, well if, he's, if, if, he's not, if he's not officially part of Injustice now, there was certainly Injustice in that main event. That, uh, hey, good that, analysis, you know. Gareth. Yes. <laughs> it ties in, doesn't it? This is core power for you, mate. <laughs> Fucking glorious. I, I, it's There is something about it, so I find myself watching it and kind of laughing at that stuff at the same time. Like there's the, the bit, And I mentioned about the Joseph Samuel promo, like just some of the stuff that he was saying on there, because like, they're fantastic, like the promos he does. He was talking about he had his heel faction in training, like, as they're, like, you know, in Cambodia doing training, training Jacob Fatu against 20 men. And it's just like... He's struggling against an Irish whip here, so I don't know how he's like going to fucking take on twenty <laughs> blokes. Like this is a bit ridiculous. And but the thing is, he was complaining about the iPhones, and he called them infidels. Um, like, which if there was someone who's going to look like an infidel, you'd imagine Jordan Oliver to be that person, like very much. And he, yeah, um, th- I mean, they just look like a couple of extras from the fucking Friday films him and Myron Reed don't they in some ways it's just like yeah, kind of it's very like low that. low rent stuff I quite I like Myron Reed more than I like Jordan Oliver on this but it's all the captions at the bottom it is the kind of stuff that like if they were showing you like sort of a video sort of sent into the news and it's just a weird fit this kind of like ISIS based presence like with a I don't know what the former fucking Simon Grimm <laughs> like it's, it, it kind of doesn't just just doesn't make any sense, and the, there's so much kind of nonsense that they're throwing at you. And they do, the thing I admire as well, they're doing all of this on a on a complete shoestring. So like the stuff like the adverts from the lawyer about the defective um, ear, earpieces that the like soldiers were apparently wearing, which I didn't know is a big enough thing that you need an advert on TV to tell people this was a problem, and then they need his help in order to fix it as well. It just reminds me of like kind of Chris Morris doing like Richard Branson murdering Clive Anderson as an insert. It's just like a weird thing you put in. You think this can't be real. But it's like, no, no, he's the fucking sponsor. You like Richard Holiday? Does that he, you know, you know, <laughs> Gino Medina? I mean, he's rubbish. But like, I, 
the fuckers put a smile on my face. What can I say? Sorry. But there is. That's my never say never review. <laughs> um, you two haven't said a word about this so far, and I feel your silence says more than my just, rambling does. I, I, I don't disagree with you, JP. I thought uh, usually a Friday or Saturday night, like in between, like make it, getting me getting me takeaway in and like putting a film on or something, I'll throw it on for an hour just to amuse you, really, to tell you I watched it. And then I come out of it with literally nothing to say. <laughs> There's no, I'll have an opinion on this. It's it just it it it's it's popcorn wrestling TV is probably what it is. Um, I like they've got Calvin Tampman in, in you know in a top position. The promos he was doing are as good as anything he'd done. That'll help him. I think him mm. he, he's the type who can fall into that GCW trap of just having dream matches all the time. Not that there's any left on the indies, but doing the big indie spot match and not much else. Like being here and having like a storyline and a direction, I think will be good. Like for his career, um, you know, especially in there mm. with you know, you know, a, a Jacob Fatu, um, but match itself. To be honest, I, I, I'm interested in both wrestlers, and I thought this might be the the MLW match that grabs me a little bit, but I still wouldn't go higher than two and a half stars, mate. Sorry, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's doing any better on grappling, but yeah, it was it was all right. It was just your your bog standard big man match, and if anything, I think it was only notable for how far they went to protect Tankman, which tells you, you know, they clearly see something in him. Um, other than that, there wasn't much to say. Yeah, three, 3.07 on the app for that main the main event. That's the uh, that's the average. Let me... Uh, it's quite short as well for like a big built-up match, you know, Jake? Yeah. Like, what was it, like less than 10 minutes? Like... Uh, yeah, I thought they'd give it like minutes. proper billing. Every give it, like, match was like hour. ten minutes. Mm. But on on the plus side, that three point not seven match was the second best match of the year on MLW. <laughs> 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 just, just as I'm just doing some, uh, I'm oh, just checking the filters JP. here. Yeah, so yeah. What is the best MLW match of all time? <laughs> the, the, the best MLW Steve match Carino versus Terry Funk of, of, of this year was was Myron Reed against Leo Rush, three point oh, three yeah. average at Kings of Coliseum. 2021. I don't know if that I've got anything. Oh, yeah. Who won? Before 2021. Oh, Leo Rush did. Did he? And then he beat Laredo Kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, for the Triple A Cruise White Hall. Here you go. The best, the best, the best ever um, MLW match on the app is Jacob Fatu against LA Park. 3.99 Saturday Night Super Fight from oh, wow. 2019. Don't know if you remember that. So, did we talk about that one, JP, way back then? JP's. Frozen at an opportune first. moment. <laughs> Look how happy he is. He's like got he's got he's got his FLW face on. <laughs> so will he get that screen draft, please? <laughs> we'll use that. <laughs> oh, poor JP. Oh well. Yeah. So you gotta yeah, say no, what the WWE's been then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean it's probably the it must be like the fourth episode I've watched of it, and it's like it's there. Kind of, you know, it's a, they've got that. They've got their one storyline running through it, and mm. um, like, yeah, it's the it's a it's, wrestling show. It's more wrestling television, isn't it? Um, to fill time, mm. um, as we fill time, in the hope that JP will come back. But I think we were kind of finished with a lot of you there, weren't we? Um, I suppose we can get into plugs, get into get to what we've uh, what we've got coming up. Obviously, there's the the big weekend show uh, coming up tomorrow, which will be our full WrestleMania weekend preview. It's the normally a show we do behind the Patreon uh, paywall on a on a Friday, um, where we chat the uh, the the coming shows of the weekend and the the big news on a friday usually because it's a uh, observer day as well but yeah we'll be putting that out for free um on the youtube so uh, those of you who are audio subscribers will get the video version um of 
of that um, tomorrow night. We've got a load of uh, daily updates to come as well. And hey, here's JP. He's back uh, after freezing in, in joy from MLW. Yeah, I'm, I'm gutted. Yeah, my Wi-Fi went down and it's, <laughs> uh, it's just come back up. Very quickly, what was the highest rated match in MLW history? <laughs> I missed that stuff. entirely. The, the highest rated match was uh, Jacob Fatu against LA Park, 3.99 from yeah. Saturday Night Super Fight in 2019. I asked if we reviewed that. that was it. Did we review it at the time? Fucking yeah, it was awesome. It was a brilliant show. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Did Joe like it? <laughs> You've done a, uh, I, I don't think he watched it. I think he drew a line at it. Like he was just like, I'm not watching. Like a lot of the undercard was rubbish, but yeah, Park throwing himself around like a fucking loon. Two thousand people in Chicago. Great fun. Oh, shut up! You were doing the closing. Don't know. Stuff. It's all right. That's all. That's the important stuff. That's what people wanted to uh, to know. We were we were worried. You basically, JP, you froze with the biggest smile in your face, and it was like that's how we want to remember JP. Just happy from talking about MLW. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but... Who died today? <laughs> a big smile in his face. Microphone there. <laughs> like um... the end of news at ten. <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean that's kind of it for the plugs like i say we'll be doing a load of plugs on the weekend show mm. tomorrow it is the uh, the big plug show but yeah um jp anything you want to reference you want to tell people where they can go and find that uh, that great video you put together for us uh, this week yes if you go to if you search for grapple on youtube you'll find it on there otherwise you'll see it on my profile at uh, jpgp threes um it's uh the pinned tweet on there and yeah got it up on vimeo put it out there for the patrons as well so uh watch share join in the grapple mania festivities oh yeah anything else gareth anything you want to plug you want to mention those uh the fight codes again throw it in yeah just get yourselves onto grappleapp.com forward slash support if you're doing any ordering at the collective events so if you if you could do it using those links it'll be massively appreciated if you're a fancy winning a code get yourself to the uh, grapple app twitter page and go on that pinned tweet and retweet it and do the relevant follows that you need to do to be entered in the competition. You could uh, could win 12 shows for free there as well. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. But, yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, just uh, keep uh, keep tuned to us for the next week and all the recaps and what have you that we've got going on. That's it, yeah. Plenty plenty to come for you all. You'll be sick of us uh, by the end of the week. But yeah, this is normally where I say uh, see you next week. But for the patrons and uh, those of us joining us for the, uh, the weekend show tomorrow for free on YouTube, I guess we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, everyone. Bye. See ya. Yeah.